This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Before we get into throwing fits, first guest of 2021, Lawrence, keep those motherfucking lights on. It's a new year. We got bills to pay. <laughs> new year, new uh, same presenting sponsor. Shout out the homies at Season, a members only rental service for designer menswear. James and I both use it. We both fucking love it. You've seen the huge, massive fit picks. James uh, looked into his crystal ball and predicted the death of his favorite MC. That was, that was bad. MF, MF Doom. Uh, yeah, the timing could not have been worse <laughs> on your part. Um, shout out Doom, rest in power. Uh, and you've definitely seen me getting fucking crazy in my, in my Joker inspired fit <laughs> featuring that big old Judy Turner knit, one of my new favorite fucking brands that I discovered via Seasons. Yeah, this is like dating Johns instead of marrying them. Uh, as far as what Seasons has coming up for the new year, a lot of new brands, a lot of spicy Johns, as far as like 2020 was concerned like on their blog right now craig green gucci prada top brands Bodie, fucking mad vintage tees maybe you want to fucking wear a destiny's child survivor shirt or an rem fucking sad boy losing my religion vintage tee they fucking have that too um again Use throwing fits at checkout for 25% off your first order. This is the way to be a conscientious John's enthusiast, and James and I could not endorse it anymore. If you do sign up, do not put that fucking vintage Prada mohair flame sweater in your cart. I need that. <laughs> I've been waiting, but I need my bag to reset. Rob, if you're listening, fucking don't do me dirty. Reset my shit early. I need that. Uh, seasons, a better way to rent, bitch. Gang, we are joined by the Sultan of Street Style, the Beaded Baron, Menswear Swiss Army Knife, the King of the Coke Chronicles, Pharaoh of Flow Team, the Oshkosh, but Josh Shaman, the Tumblr Titan, Man Stays Getting Those Pesco Fits Off, known in the UK as Josh Spice, professional cool guy, consultant, visionary, Josh Peskowitz. Josh, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? <laughs> spice known as the Spice Boy in, uh, in, in England. That's good. Man. Josh That's Spice, good. baby. Is that, is that the is that the best intro you've gotten in, in many years? In my whole life. I'm, in your I'm, whole I'm gonna life. Get that, I'm going to get that printed on my gravestone. I'll, for sure. I'll copy and the paste it. Thing. I'll copy Thank and paste you. it over to you so you can send it to your uh, your gravestone plug. I might have to I might have to edit it a little bit. Sure. That's, <laughs> that, that's understandable. You won't be the first. So, and that this is one of the perks of being now, like we talked about when we weren't recording. But you're talent now, dude. And when you're talent, you get you get plugs like that. You're plugged up. Well, you know, I I, I think I'm from too old of a school <laughs> to ever think of myself as as talent. But I, uh, you know, I'm very happy too humble. Talking. You're old very and humble. I'm, I'm old. I'm old first, humble second. Sure. Um, but I'm very, I'm very happy to be talking to you guys. And, this, and, this does feel like a long time coming, and and I know that uh, the 18 million listeners are going to be super excited to have absolutely. Pesco, the OG, the cert, the certified triple OG on the pod. The first thing we want to do, Josh, is we want to do a fit check. We want to walk the audience at home through the totality of your outfit. You're in the woods. You're in, or I guess, is where, so what is the area? You're on your, you're on your, 
hills. Yeah, we're, in a, we're in a wooded, we're in a wooded, secluded area. Like you're I on your uh, Bonnie Bear shit right now. Yeah, yeah. I had to buy like a device to be able to get on Wi-Fi <laughs> right. to to do this. With you guys, so, we we so. appreciate you buying devices so that no doubt, no doubt. So, so that you can communicate <laughs> with the outside world. The the choice for you is: do you want to start top down or bottom up for your outfit? That's really. The, I mean. Come on, fellas. I know that you got to start okay. bottom up. If you oh, okay. All right. All right, sir. Yeah. Go off. Um, so on the feet, as, a, as you mentioned, I'm in the woods. So I got the DMAs. Wow. On. They're wow. not the, they're not the, you know, they're not. Right. The they're not the pod left. shoes. They're not the pod boots. Hey, one of us, are. one of us wanted to put you on flow team and the other, I'm not pointing fingers, but I am literally what? pointing at Lawrence said, um, uh, well, did I say that really? That I was like, I Josh is not qualified to be on our flow team, <laughs> but is a tier zero fucking... receiver of Nikes and new balances. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. But anyway, oh, what, what model is that? What model? Sorry, I got the DMA plug anyway. Mm. Right. Is that Corrado? So, uh, you know, you know, nobody names names out here. Like, come on. Okay. We're on, <laughs> right we're on, we're on national. We're on national. Yeah, no, <laughs> no face, actually, no case. Actually, Corrado didn't hook me up with Despair, but I'm sure he would if I asked him to, although sure. I never asked. As, uh, better. As, Do you know as, the model as, for all the thirsty little gremlins at home that want to buy exactly the same boots? Do you know off top? I don't remember what it's called, but they're the ones that have like the big rubber sidewall. Like they're, they're very, very. Can, you, can we see them one more time? Can I peep? Feet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, yeah. It's like the, the Chucka with like the, the big Vibram with the, yeah. Very nice. Yes. Yes. That, They're very your, good in the snow. Is that your go-to? Like has DMA always been your go-to or is this a new, a newfound love? I mean, I've always liked the DMA, like, you know, classic Alpine boot. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when they, when they brought these out, I actually saw this pair at pity. Um, it must've been two years ago now, uh, two summers ago. Right. So like a year and a half ago. And gosh, maybe even longer. And they sent me, um, you know, the, the guys, they were just like, this is a new prototype we're working on. They sent me a pair. And I got to tell you something, like people that never look twice at you, except for to think that you look like a weirdo, you know, like if you're in sure. our kind of line of work, like stop me in upstate New York and be like, nice sleds, bro. Where'd you get those? I'm like, sleds, yeah. uh, you know. And then I appreciate you calling it a line of work. Uh, that actually, uh, that's nice to hear. And you know, Mm. Seeing my seeing my family, and James also just spent some time with his family. This is not this. It's hard to tell people that this is a job, so it's nice to know well, that you get it. And and listen, you know, we can talk about that later. But you know, when I started out, you know, doing doing what I was doing for a living, it didn't really seem like a real thing to a lot of people. You know, sure. Um, so you know, I, I think it's early days for the more things. The, the more pot. things change, the more they stay the same. You know what I'm no saying? Yeah, but you know, like the pot, the potting as a as an occupation. I mean, I think you guys are at the top of the game, right? You're at the top yeah. of the an occupation, an occupational hazard as well, like <laughs> <a> lifestyle, <laughs> <Yeah>. lifestyle. <laughs> so, what what socks do we rock with the? D- oh, no, first of all, real quick. So, you wear DMAs in the house? Is that because you were just walking your? I was just bringing in Midler? firewood. Okay. I was just bringing in firewood. Damn, got it. Um, Manly, you have house Midler. shoes. What do you rock in this in this frigid quarry bat cave situation? Do you have house slippers or what is no, I got the Burks. Just okay. the Burks. Burks. Austin's? Yeah. Yeah. Always. That's pretty white. much the only shoe I've worn indoors and most of the outdoors during during quarantine. Is it the white the white Boston's that we saw on Esquire? I still wear those all the time, but I got a pair of navy blue suede ones now too nice. that I just got. And then like immediately spilled shit all over the suede. Of course. You so know, they look better. Like, within two hours. Yeah. So 
I didn't re- wear your Burks. Yeah. And I didn't realize this, but I had a, a homie hit me up who was trying to buy Boston's for her husband. Apparently fucking selling like hotcakes right now, which I guess isn't so oh, much so- of a surprise. But I mean, you know, you're, you're talking to three guys that have worn Boston's religiously. There has never really been an issue of like them selling out. But apparently no, it, now it's, it's always they're always really? kind of tough to get your hands on them. Yeah. Right. If you want yeah, the man. the hard footbed, the cork footbed um, yeah. and like the color, a certain color that you want. Yes. And, you know, for years, I was obsessed with these felted wool ones that they sold only in Japan. Yes. You know, they were like felted wool and they came in all these colors. And like the biggest size that they had was like a 42 and I'm a 45. And I would ask them, you know, like, do you have this in a 45? And the clerk <laughs> would be like, <laughs> no, we don't make them that big. You know, <laughs> right, like, we right, don't right. make them that big. Get out of here, you monster goblin with your <laughs> yeah, ogre yeah. feet. <laughs> yeah, buy, buy two pairs and stitch them together. You know? Sure. Like, <laughs> Upcycle them. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Get Nicole exactly. McLaughlin on the phone. Exactly. <laughs> Call her up and get them made expeditiously. Um, what kind of socks are we, were we rocking today? Uh, I got a pair of NA socks on that Ooh, were, were tie dyed. Family nice. that were tie dyed by additional family, Simon Golby, uh, when he was in his side dye uh, phase of, of dying. So he made a bunch of these socks. And, Not and, never uh, for sale. That was the thing. I would see Simon flexing all the creations on Instagram. And it's like, okay, cool. But mm-hmm. like, how do I, I guess I, you need to be friends with Simon Yeah, you need to call or him, better and friends you, with Simon. You, and you could do that. You could call yeah. him. Uh, yeah, sure. but, uh, yeah. So I just have, I have them in a bunch of colors. So, you know, I, I rarely leave home without them. So I got those on and then, uh, where we go from there? Pants. Pants. Yeah. On the ass. Pants. These are, uh, junior, Whew. junior Wantanabe cargo pants. Um, camo? yeah. Camo. Like, uh, they're sort of like a play on the, um, on the on the camo from uh uh you know the one that the pacific war world war ii camo pacific theater camo that a lot of people you know use in their the the pacific theater yes of course yeah it was like it was the one that was based i believe it was based in the philippines the the army regiments that were based in the philippines what season what season are those are those pants do you know these are um they old they're not that old. I bought them in London at Harvey Nichols. So that would, I think that they're spring, fall 19, fall 19. So about a year old now. Yeah. So here, here's a question for you because you're a dude that I feel like always is a fashion head, but then also like appreciates like the more kind of standard kind of heritage Americana stuff. Like, do you have yeah. like crazy archive, like designer archive? Cause I, or is that, is that something you co- like collected junior over the years? I do. I, I do own a lot of junior. Um, yeah, I've collected stuff for years. I mean, I have a big storage space in New York that I keep, you know, a lot of stuff at um, significant pairs of shoes, you know, vintage military gear, uh, stuff from brands that I love that don't exist anymore. Um, you know, and I just, and I keep that stuff as a, as a, as a guide and a reference and, you know, depending on, where I am on the scale, sometimes I break it back out. You know, right. it's it's, sure. it's really uh, it's really a question of like how long I've been in quarantine. Is it, <laughs> just is like, it weird you know, to COVID. see that archive shit become like a trend with like kids who weren't like alive when this stuff was coming down the runway? No, I think it's great. I think it's I think okay. it's fantastic. I, you know, for me, it's actually even better because for a long time, when people were just focused on like the super new stuff, and they were really consuming you know fashion through social media specifically. Um, a lot of the context was sort of taken out of it, you know, in terms of like, in terms of like the way I felt about it and not, you know, not to diss it, but you know, when then, when then 
kids started really looking back and, and I think that, you know, there's sometimes a little bit of a myopic focus on certain designers and whatnot, but I, I do think that just going back and valuing that stuff for, for what it is now and what it was then it, is great. I mean, anything that puts it into context, I think is important. Yeah. How so. many pairs of shoes are in your storage space? Yeah. <laughs> uh, north of a hundred. Um, okay. sneakers, sneakers, shoes, a combination. Do you sneakers? I mean, like you know how this goes, Lawrence. But like most of my dress shoes are still in in storage. I, I have I keep like two pairs of dress shoes out, but you know, in a pair of loafers, two pairs of loafers, and one pair of dress shoes. The rest of them are like in storage. And I got like John Bob's in there. Right. I got like Edward Greens. Sure. I got. Um, I was looking through there the other day because we were looking for a winter coat um, for my wife and. I found a pair of. She went shopping at the archive, basically. <laughs> well, sort of. It was her. It was her coat, but it was just in there. Okay. Um, and I found a pair of shoes that Kim Jones had given me from when there was like three seasons that he was working at Dunhill. Oh right, yeah, um, pre Louis Vuitton. Pre Louis Vuitton, and they yeah. they were like this pair of like black dress shoes that had a mother of pearl. Um, shank like put into the heel but it wasn't a heel it was like a wedge heel they were the weirdest shoes and I watched okay. like a couple of black tie events and then they went into stores they're super cool to look at but like I, yeah. I just can't see them going on my foot again sure you're also probably one of like five people that still and including Kim Jones that still has those probably <laughs> probably he has a very extensive archive oh so I'm sure absolutely if he still has them um, All right, moving on up from the pantalones yes, to the to the hoodie this this orange it's orange I think is what I'm yeah. looking at right this is, uh, this is, um, Kath Finelli's Finelli's in Soho. Oh, it's a merch from Finelli. What? Yeah. Merch from wow. Finelli's. Really? Um, Wait, when did that, that come out? Yeah. When, when did that happen? I don't know when it happened, but I was there, uh, I'm going to say like two weeks ago with Angelo, um, from Forest Designs who's been on the pod yeah. and we were just having a drink and I saw that they had like this blaze orange sweatshirt hoodie. And I mean, you know, everybody's trying to get over in the pandemic. So I was just like, Oh, support the homies. Right. I mean, that's, give me, the, that's give me two of them. It's just, yeah. it's just a, it's a, it's a nice hoodie too. So give me two James, of them and then some crab cake sandwiches. James and I were just talking about some fucking European brand that did a whole series of bootleg restaurant merch of which they did a cafe Finelli bootleg tea. I can't remember the brand. I'm not trying to put them on blast. I think they were carried yeah. at Kinfolk and, but Finelli merch. They European. No, they, it was, they were Spanish a hundred percent. But anyway, it was like a tribute to, to New York and like famous restaurants and institutions. But uh, that to me is a grail because Finelli is like, I mean, you know, that's up one there. One of the oldest with, bars in Manhattan. Uh, yeah. Easy. One, if not the oldest, right? So that's where the I throwing think... fits DMA was concepted. Yes. No right. Kidding. We had, we had, we got, we had a boozy lunch with Corrado and he got fucked up enough to be like, <laughs> what a carte blanche. Sure. <laughs> he woke up and he's like, to. he woke up and he's like, what happened? We're like, yo, you agreed yeah. to do a collaboration with it's, us. It's that kind of boozy lunch where it's just like, yeah, we'll just take it. So it's a bunch of beers and then like three sides of fries. We'll just yeah. do that. And then we'll <laughs> yeah. just call it a lunch. Yeah. I mean, I, I like their, they don't have it on the menu right now for outdoors, but the turkey club is my jam because mm, they put, yeah. they put smoked Gouda cheese on it. Which oui. is, uh, for me. It, honestly, for, is, is there a better value lunch? I mean, it's, it, the prices I feel like in the last 10 years haven't changed at all and it's fucking nah. delicious and you might see somebody cool like Josh and Angelo, right? Eating there, which is always. Yeah. Nice. So he, he got the gray sweatshirt and uh, I got the, I got the orange one. And, you got to stay uh, safe in the woods. Cause you know, you never know if uh, yeah. you got to wear the blaze. Oh, I was thinking ahead. I was thinking ahead. I was thinking ahead. Um, <laughs> underneath that, I got like an old uh, Grimici t-shirt on. Um, 
What do you think? What do you think about the the Gorp explosion? And we're going to talk about trends and, and the yeah, year yeah, that yeah. was. But is that are you a hiker climber or is that just kind of like you were you were a poser before it was cool to be a poser? AKA you're cooler than I mean normal. Poser. This isn't like technical. It's just a cotton shirt. Yeah. Uh, I actually had to like look and see who made it because I knew I was getting on the pod. Is there no? Uh, there's no logo. Like, it doesn't have like carabiners and fucking like nylon ties. That and shit. dancing man. Nah, it's just got like deal. it's got like a little got G guy. in the corner. It's got. Like, it doesn't have that dude. But you know, like I do have some of that stuff, and you know, it looks cool. It's comfortable, and I mean, sure. we can. You know, like I remember seeing a bunch of Grimichi stuff in, you know, in Japan when I was, when I was. Is what I say, Grimichi Japan, Grimichi Japan is not like, it's not like crazy techie the way that it is here um, or like crazy climbing focus. It's more like a kind of more just lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah. But it's fire. You know, it's kind of like, for me, it's sort of like all the stuff that you would find at the Army Surplus store, like back in the day, right? Like when, when I, when I was growing up in the nineties, like if you wanted to get like a Gore-Tex Parker, you had to go to the army store, you know, like that was the only place that really had them. Um, and so, you know, and that's where you got your fatigues and everything anyway. So, and the question always was, is like, why does this fit so shittily? You know? And it's just <laughs> yeah. because it's like, it's made for like three people. It's like, this is a small, medium, large. So you're just like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> which one is it? Um, right. And so, you know, I, I think particularly when I started seeing a lot of that stuff in Japan, it, it was all the same kind of ideas from the eighties and the nineties, but it just like, fit the way you want it to fit now. And so, you know, immediately appealing to me, uh, you know, I I don't know about the guys who wear like the full, the full kit. That's like, you know, with the pants that are too long, like draped over the, you know, over the Tevas and all that, like maybe that's not for me, but you know, like the the silhouettes, like the ideas behind it fully back. I just like the idea that like now that I'm grown, I can still wear stuff that I wore when I was a teenager, but it, I look even like remotely like a grown. How old is that T? Probably like 13 years old. Okay, well, there you go. That's all the than, oldest. What's the oldest than half clothing? of our listeners? <laughs> what's, the, what's the oldest item of clothing you've uh, kept all this time? Oh, man. Um, blank, is it your blankie? <laughs> it's not blankie. No, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a plaid Stussy International short sleeve, like mattress plaid button front shirt that I bought in 1996. And it was that like, is older that was, than a lot of our listeners. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it was it was like made it was made when like Sean still owned the company, right? Uh, made in the USA. You know, it, it was like when they had first stopped doing the everything with the script logo, and they had started using like the Stussy uh, International like little side logo, like like Supreme uses now or Levi's uses right. forever. Like when they started putting those on, it's a shirt from like that era, and I was just like kind of kind of blown. Did away you by it. The, did you buy that in New York at the store? Yes. Okay. Amazing. When um when it was on Mercer Street. Crazy. When it was on the Mercer Street store before it moved over to Spring when Union was still on Spring. Right, right, right. Damn. Yeah. Fucking that is that that's a that's the golden years, man. I mean, yeah. you know. James and I were not there. Well, I mean, maybe James, you weren't there, were you? I was not there. I was 8. You were too young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you was still, too I was young. still a yellow rat bastard. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't he had an upgrade yet. Um and then well, the Josh got yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, and then your signature beanie. A lot of people have have seen you rock beanies over the year. Yeah. What's uh, what's the brand on that guy? This one is uh, this one's from a Japanese brand called Universal Products, okay. which is the uh, private label brand of a store called One LDK, which has uh, a couple of outlets 
in um, Dakayama and Iowama. I believe there's one in Iowama. There's definitely like two of them in Dakayama in um, Tokyo. Oh no, uh, Dakayama and Nakamagura. And it's a very, very, it's a great store. And this is their private label. And up until very recently, COVID RIP, they had a very small outpost in Paris. And these are just the best beanies. Um, they're waffle knit on one side, on the outside, and then they're like a really nice rib on yeah. the inside. And you've and done all the R&D. You've worn every single beanie there is to be worn. So we can not take only I, this gospel. Not only have I worn every beanie, I've tried to... I've tried to knock them off in Germany and in Italy, you know, like I've, 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 I've worked on beanies and this is, this is my favorite one. You are beanie I, man. You are, yeah. you are beanie man. <laughs> Not to be confused with beanie man, obviously. Not to be you're beanie man. Beanie man. Um, but yeah, so I have this one in a bunch of colors and, and it's, uh, this is the be- and this is for your money. This is the best beanie. For my money, for my dome, this is the beanie. <laughs> Okay. This is the beanie, you know? Fantastic. I'm not going to say it's right for everybody's head, but right. for my head, this is the beanie. Right. And then uh, yeah. as far as all of your jewelry, yeah. you have a net, you have a net necklace on, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a Goro that uh, mm. my wife gave to me for my birthday. Beautiful. Great Was birthday. it a feather? Yeah. Yeah, it's a feather. Uh, Goro is a Japanese um, jewelry maker who passed away um, a couple of years back. And so his stuff is not so easy to come by anymore. His daughter still run the store. Did she, did your um, wife have to line up at like fucking like five in the morning or whatever outside of the store? Nah, she she She's got on resale. eBay that joint. I don't know how she got it exactly. <laughs> I don't ask those questions. Um, and it's on a chain from my friend Josh, uh, who has a jewelry line called Good Art in Hollywood. We're familiar. Shout out the homies at Good Art. Thank you for all the, the yeah. free swag, Josh. Yeah, no, chef. Please. I still have your sharpie holder. Come come yeah. through. Um, and then on the wrist, I got a couple of bracelets that my wife made. Um, oh, I got sick. That, I got that Noah Timex. Oh. Uh, the turtle. Do you see how much those are hitting for on the resale market? I had, I mean, not that I no didn't. Idea. Yeah, they're, they're fucking popping. People like reselling really? them for like a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's crazy. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great product and it's a really great cause. Um, yeah. And, you know, Brendan was nice enough to send me one. So I, I'm very happy to wear it. And, uh, you know, I put pretty much everything on the shelf besides this. It's got the good Indie Glow, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's it uh, over Zoom. <laughs> and Josh, what about the pennies? Yes, lest we forget. Oh, I mean, Calvin's. Okay. You Boxer know, briefs. Boxer briefs, yeah. I never really progressed too far past that, I guess. And then, and then, what, and then what are we, what are we sipping on? on? Oh, what's the belt? Yeah, we need to hear about the belt. Belt is uh, from my favorite store in Milan, which is called Errol 55. It's got a little snake head um, at, at the buckle and some beading on it. Oh, nice. And uh, Arrow 55 is a store in Milan. It's one of my favorite stores. Uh, I hope everyone's taking notes on this, like, next level yeah. fucking darts about, you know, just the this, best this, stores in this, the world. This global tour of fucking <laughs> from Daikayama to Milan and back and back again. Well, you're, you, you could see Armano just as often in Japan as you see him in, in, in Milan, but he has a store, it's called Arrow 55, and uh, Simon, my, my old business partner, took me there first, but Armano is, is one of those guys that, like, you know, buses, tour buses come up to, like, see what he's doing um, for people who do, like, shopping tours, and he... Really? His store, yeah, his store is uh, just on the corner of Corsicomo, like, on the opposite end from where 10 Corsicomo is. Sure. Um, and... It's mostly vintage. 
um, mostly American vintage uh, and British, you know, military barbers, like old aqua scooter and Burberry trench coats. Uh, but then he does his own line of tailored clothing. He's a fourth generation tailor. He does his own line of tailored clothing where basically everything is made out of dead stock. Um, and he has like books of dead stock material you can get fitted, you know, uh, made to measure. So he's and the most he, interesting man in the world is what you're saying. He's, I mean, yo. <laughs> what the fuck? And this guy fucks. Comes, <laughs> and he also, he fucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't know about that. You have to ask him about right, that. Right. But, but he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good man and he's got incredible taste. And, you know, like all the manufacturers in Italy, you know, do like a little something special for him. And, and so I end up man. spending a lot of money there. A lot sure. of money. I got well, a how much like that him. that belt? The, so real quick before you tell the story, how much does that belt run? Just to give us like a range of what you know, are we talking like like, like two like two hundred euros, like two hundred and fifty euros? Okay. I think the belt was. It's not crazy. I mean, like you, I have a, I have a philosophy when it comes to all this stuff, which is you know pay pay for what you get. You know, and, and and for me, it's just like what what are the parts and labor to go into it, and and always with Armando stuff, like you're getting. You're getting what you pay for. It's aspirational, yeah. but it's on the right side of history. So it's not. Yeah, yeah. Got it. That's cool. also, it sounds like there's some sentimentality attached to it. Like, yeah. like what's the story that you have of him? Yeah, he's some legendary shit. Oh, yeah. You, you, this is good. Um, so I was, in, I was in Milan, and I had been flying in from L.A. because I was still living in L.A. And My condolences. I had, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I rectified that situation. But, um, <laughs> but we, were, we were in... We were in Milan and I had not brought a proper winter coat and it was cold. It was a lot colder than I had anticipated. And so I went into Aero 55 and, and I was talking to the guys that were there and I saw this coat that I really liked. And it was like a, like a moleskin, cotton moleskin, navy blue officer's coat, right? So like double breasted with big gold buttons, you know, like back belted gold buttons back there. A little ostentatious, but you know, cool, right? Because it was it was made by one of the brands that only sells at Hermanos and then sells at like a couple of stores in Japan called Frazioli. And the only one that they had in navy blue was like a size 46. And that's just too small for me. Small. Yeah. yeah, it was it was snug. So I, yeah, snug is an understatement. So, <laughs> you know, they said to me, Josh, we don't have we don't have another one in blue, but we have it in, you know, this olive color and we have it in this khaki color. Would you be interested in those? And I said, no, 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 I'm good on those. And then Hermano came up from downstairs or down from upstairs, wherever he was. <laughs> and he emerged. He's, he emerged. <laughs> and he just takes one look at me and he was just like, Josh, I hear you want a blue coat. In his like broken English, you know, he's just like, you want a blue coat? I said, yeah. He said, come here, put this coat on. And they bring out one of the khaki color coats. And I said, Armando, like, thank you. But, you know, I don't, I don't need this color. I, I need a blue coat. He was just like, just put it on, just put it on. He puts it on me and it's a size 56, you know, which is from a 46 to a 56. It's considerably bigger. <laughs> it's huge. I mean, like the sleeves are down past my, yeah. my, my hands. Like, you know, the shoulders are out to here. And I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? You know? And he's just like looking at it, circling around me, you know, doing the little face and, 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 and you know, just looking at it. And he says, okay, this will do. I said, what are you going to do? Like, I don't need this coat. He said, I'm going to dye it for you. <laughs> Damn. That's customer service, bro. And I said, I mean, thank you, but it's, it's, it's too big. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to garment dye it for you. And when I wash it, it's going to shrink. It'll fit you perfectly. I promise. 
And I was just like, did you pay up front? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, I've, I've been shopping with this guy for right, a right, long right. time, you know, and you got a tab going. <laughs> and I said, I said to him, I was like, Armando, like, I, I, are you sure? Like, I don't want you to have to ruin this code if it's not going to work. And he said, it'll work. And trust me, if it doesn't work, you don't have to buy it. Right, right. Promise. On the house. And I said, okay, uh, here's the other problem. I'm leaving in 48 hours for Paris. He was just like, <laughs> come back tomorrow at noon. Hermano's got you. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, you know, this is like four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. So, you know, go back the next day. Uh, get there a little early. There's this pizzeria around the corner from, from that I like to eat at sometimes that he took me to and his son was eating there and his son was just like, Oh, go see my dad. He's got your coat. I was like, really guys, I bullshit you not. First of all, it was better than Navy blue. Cause it was like this, it was like this air force blue, you know, like that bluish gray color mm. and like all the khaki stitching had stayed khaki. Cause it's nylon. It doesn't take the same the dye the same way. But the jacket was like perfect with this like contrast stitching, and it fit me fucking perfectly. Like That's I cannot cool. tell you. And he eyeballed. You know, he like eyeballed it. He just eyeballed knew. it. That's he eyeballed it, and he knew, and it fit perfectly. And it's one of my favorite coats. It's one of Amazing. my favorite coats. And Never so, doubt Hermano. You know, exactly. That's the type of dude he is. That's the type of dude. He is. <laughs> That's the fucking Hermano difference, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right. And uh, what are, what are we sipping on, Josh? Oh yeah. And then what's the drink? Oh, uh, I just got storytelling juice. Yeah, I got a little bit of mezcal right there, and I got a bottle of this uh, Mountain Valley sparkling water for very nice, get, classy like individual. I got a hydrate. Like Love that. That's that's the Josh Pesquitz difference. Damn. All right, that's Josh. a vin- that's a vintage <laughs> fit check right there, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's what you fucking pay for. Josh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Throwing fits, the only podcast that matters, as you know, because you've done your research. Which mm. that's that's what you do, right? Uh, the three main subjects of this podcast are money, king. Meats and cheeks. That's uh, sucking and fucking. Gotcha. Most importantly, <laughs> yeah. the goddamn motherfucking boys ourselves. Um, we're going to start with ourselves for about two, two and a half, three hours, and then yeah. we'll get to money and, and sucking and fucking. Um, you've had a, a legendary storied professional trajectory, like second to none. Is coming on Throwing Fits the low point of your career? No, I mean, I, I thought that I had like lost the juice, you know, because you guys had taken however many years to, to invite me on here. Oh, damn. We're, we're, less, we're less than a year old, to yeah. be fair. Uh, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse right. me. Uh, excuse the me. current uh, version. On Throwing Fits has been less than a year. Right. And right. This Jake, is a long I time. Saw you at the, I saw you in January uh, at that little dinner that we had. That was and literally, I was telling Lawrence, I was like, yo, the last time I saw Josh was at that Angelo dinner where, like, are you still sponsored by a liquor company and how the fuck do we get that deal? And then it's just like, <laughs> You were like, yo, what's up with the pot? I was like, we literally got butt fucked today. Today's the <laughs> yeah. day that yeah. Barstool was like, you're done. Yeah. Little did we know that things were about to get a lot worse for everybody, not just us, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think you guys have recovered admirably and, and I'm, yeah. you know, I for one have, have always been rooting for you. And so, you know, like in terms of when I was going to get on here, I was just like, you know, I'll wait till I get on and also, do you want to? And also, do you just want to be like another fucking? Oh, it's two. It's Tuesday, or do you want to be the first guest of twenty twenty one? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, you got to you're off right. We got to save like the big pegs for the big guests, of which you are one. So, well, that's that's. I, I, to answer your question, James, I am I am honored to be here and honored to be talking to you. Well, hell it, yeah, it is a fair question on your part, though. It is like you know, and and I think there's there's 
numerous reasons why uh, you would, why we would want you on the pod. Uh, there are numerous reasons, but one of them, I, I mean, I think the main one is just like your unfuckwithable personal style. And like <laughs> when, when people talk about you or laud your uh, style, I think what's so interesting about it is that you, they can't just like summarize it very easily. It's kind of like it touches on everything, but it's not like you're fucking a, a chameleon, right? You've definitely right. like, evolve with uh trends as they come and go but nobody puts pesco in the corner you know exactly how, how how would pesco define pesco's personal style though because like it, it is something that is tough to describe to someone else yeah I, I don't have like a like a string of adjectives that i could put together for you but i would say that the most important thing to me is that i always wear clothes that i feel comfortable in and so you know i i tend to wear things that I've had for a long time with things that I just bought. And, 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 you know, I, for me, there's always a really interesting and important sense of place. You know, that's very difficult in 2020, the year that we just had, you know, minus my finale special, I haven't really <laughs> been to that many places in 2020. Um, but you know, like for me, that idea of like, I got this at this place and there's this memory attached to it is really important. Um, but in terms of like, from an aesthetic standpoint, you know, at different times in my life, I've been a little bit more, you know, in the tailored corner and I've been a little bit more, you know, like, uh, you know, caring about like heritage clothing. But, you know, the thing that's always been important to me is is the quality behind it. Right. Like once I was once I got old enough to like really understand what went into making real clothing. And, and to be honest, like, you know, I started working at a clothing store when I was 16, but it was really you know, once I got into the editorial side of the world, into the magazine side of things, where I really started to understand more because people took the time to explain it to me. And ever since then, I've really just been looking for like better and better versions of like what I wore. I mean, kind of in high school, you know, but besides adding the tailored clothing aspect to it. So there's always going to be like, you know, even if I'm wearing this, you know, like this is the thing I think that you're touching on. Like when I started wearing a lot of suits, which I did, when I was working at Esquire, you know, because I learned more about tailored clothing. And I also found out that a lot of those tailored clothing brands made things that looked like the sportswear and the, you know, the army surplus gear that like I loved as a child, you know, they'd make these field jackets, they'd make, you know, trousers that have a cargo pocket. Not that I really like Italian cargo pants, but you know what I mean? Like they, they, they had those, they had those elements to it. And even like the really big designer brands, you know, it's just like, they would make that stuff too. And one of the reasons why I've always loved Junior so much is that it does have that like sort of army surplus style and like, you know, to certain aspects of it at this collection in particular. So, you know, there's always going to be that element of it, but like back to what I was saying, when I, if I was just wearing a suit, like I'd wear it with Wallabies. Right. You know, and that was in the early 2000s when that wasn't really something that you saw done very often, you know, or I'd wear it with a pair of New Balance where, you know, people didn't really wear sneakers with suits until yeah. people really started picking up on the common projects thing. Uh, so, you know, like that was, that was just like who I was. Like you couldn't take me completely out of who I was, but I was excited to learn about new stuff. So like whatever I feel enthusiastic about, whatever I love, whatever feels good to me has a good story. Like that's what I'm going to gravitate towards. And I like things that feel like they're made by somebody, you know, like I love technical clothing. I love, you know, the, the, the thought process that goes into, you know, heat seam sealing something and climate cooling something and, you know, all that. And I certainly have pieces like that in my wardrobe, but like, if you can show me something that has like a little bit of hand beating or, you know, you can see that it's been stitched by a person who was thinking about it 
or even just like the design principles, like, damn, that's mad ergonomic and like it fits around my knee really well. So this person was really thinking through how it's going to be worn. Like those are the things that really attract me to clothing. Do you think that, uh, especially now with COVID where people are kind of like, you know, hitting a little reset, maybe slowing down a little bit. I mean, hopefully, or at least that's kind of like the initial uh, lip service, at least. Do you think that um, people care about that more now where they're looking more like quality and the, yeah. and what goes into it versus just like, oh, this shit is fire. Like, I can't wait to fucking yeah. you know, hype, flick up on the, on the shit, new shit, whatever. I, I, think that the, I think that the trend, like many other things during the COVID, you know, crisis that we've been all living through, uh, there's, it's an acceleration of something that was already happening. And I do believe that there has been, and you know, you guys would know this better than me, but I do think that there has been a real, real, real toning down of like people flexing on Instagram, like having something. And then, you know, just like, Oh, I got the latest this and I'm in the flyest that. And here, here I am, you know, blinging like, you know, whether it's real or fake and, you know, for a lot of people it's fake, but for, for a lot of them it's real too, you know, even then, like for the first half of this, for the first half of this lockdown, they, they, they really cooled out on all that stuff because it just, it seemed, you know, like in bad taste, you know, for all these people that all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, you know, I've always liked, I've always been entertained by this on my feed or, you know, watching it on television or whatever, because in some corner of my mind, like I thought that I could get that and now I've lost my job. Right. You know, now I, now I'm in a tough position where, you know, even the thought process behind, you know, thinking one day I'm going to be able to get these, you know, limited edition, whatever's, uh, isn't, isn't even there because I got to be worried about putting food on the table. And so, you know, I think that just the mentality there all of a sudden, even if you do still have a lot of disposable income, which, you know, a lot of people do, uh, all of a sudden, like what you're spending your money on feels like it should probably be a little less ostentatious. It should be a little bit less logo driven. It should be a little bit less about showing out and more about investing in quality, right? Like things that that feel um, substantial, things that feel like you're, you know, paying an honest price for somebody who did honest work. And that's something that I've always felt very strongly about, you know, when talking about clothing and when, you know, selling clothing uh, to whatever extent I can. And I just think that that mentality, much like it sort of like went through the food world, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, in the 2000s, it went through the food world uh, and and continues to do so. Although, you know, our friends in the restaurant industry are suffering greatly. Uh, you know, this this same mentality, I think, has started to creep into at least like the bleeding edge of people who really care about fashion, sure. who, you know, are spending that money. And, and I think that you guys talk about that a lot, too. And it's something I've talked about my whole career. Um and so, yeah, I, I do believe that. I do believe that that, that that matters more to people. And I think that it has been part of the conversation ever since people were like, oh, jeans need to be made out of salvage to be cool. Yeah. You know, like, well, why? <laughs> well, it's a status thing, but it also actually means that the pants have better integrity, right? Like the weave is stronger if the salvage line is on the pair of pants. And so even though it's a status symbol, it still connotes the fact that there's anchored in the right there. principles, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so finding to this kind of reckoning you're talking about, Josh, is this idea that you kind of talked about with new and old, this rediscovery of the things that you already own that maybe are like on the chopping block to get resold or are kind of collecting dust in the closet, but it's not the newest. It's not the shiniest thing, but it's a, at least for me, I'm really more speaking about myself, but 
that's this idea of, yes, you can want like new stuff and hopefully, right, you want it for the right reasons that, you know, like we're talking about, but this idea of not forgetting the great stuff that you have acquired over the years that is like just hopefully, right, was just as good as the day you bought it and combining these. I would, I would say that that's, that that's, that's, that's a really good point, uh, Larry. And, and, you know, for me, the whole point, and, you know, when I had my store in LA and, and, you know, other points in my career, and I try to talk about it a lot, like, you know, building a, a rock solid wardrobe that like shows who you are. Sure. Takes a lot of time, you know, and, and it should be something that is, is fun for you. You should have fun with the clothes that you wear. Uh, you don't have to take yourself seriously. Hopefully, you know, the people who see you do take you seriously. <laughs> Um, Unlikely, depend, but you hope. <laughs> listen, depending on the situation, once you get enough gray in your beard, then they start right. to either think you're distinguished, to be eccentric, or just crazy. So, well, wait, Josh, <laughs> real quick on this point. So, how much would you say? Because, like, you're someone who is, like James said, lauded for his personal style and his taste level. Uh, how much is your personal style still evolving and changing, if at all? Every day, really, every day. But you know, it's a continuous through thread from when I first discovered that clothing was like dope, you know, the journey like, is the destination or whatever. The journey is the destination, <laughs> yeah. but you know, there's things that come in and go out of the wardrobe. There's things that you have that you no longer think, you know, fit the way you want them to anymore. And then, you know, it's just like, Oh, I have this sweet, tweed, hair, sweet jacket, but I bought it at a time when shoulders were stronger than I want them now. So, you know, you go out and you try and find something that's like that, um, but fits in a different manner. And, you know, so, all the time. And I'm always looking for new ideas. The, 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 the biggest, the biggest problem for me during the COVID time has been a lack of, of travel and seeing people on the street and, and just being able to just, you know, cause that's where the best ideas come Inspiration. from. Inspiration. You're like finding, just yeah. getting inspired. Yeah. Old people, young people, just seeing them on the streets in different cities and different neighborhoods, even in New York, you know, like, I mean, I live on the upper West side. I have for a couple of years now. And like, you know, I, very rarely, unless I'm getting in the car to go visit, you know, a, a socially distanced, safe friend in, you know, Brooklyn or whatever, like, I'm not really out in the streets. And like, 60% of my work week used to be spent just trooping around, you know, whether it was this city or another, just trooping around and like taking in your surroundings and seeing what the shop windows look like and how the people dressed on the street and, you know, like what was happening in the magazine. Recon, and, just doing recon. Yeah, you know, but just like absorbing it, you know, like not... Like a sponge. Not, well, I mean, you know, it's just you you get trained to yeah. do that, you know, and then once you do it, you remember. And, and when it comes time to start putting pen to paper and putting together ideas, be it for a magazine shoot or, you know, helping put together a merchandising plan for a brand or, you know, putting together a buy for a store all that stuff really just like it sits in there and it comes out in those times. And so, you know, absorbing it when you do allows you to, you know, bring it back when it's necessary. Did you miss that at all when uh, you were living in LA? Cause like infamously just, you know, just no fucking uh, like street culture there, right? Everyone just in their car or in their stores, but no one's just like walking around. There's no people watching or anything. Or if every neighborhood is kind of like designated yeah. to a certain like socioeconomic or demographic, or there's no diversity. Social, even or like just a, 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 a fashion archetype, right? Like you're going to see people walking around on Rodeo, but it's like, yo, those are going to be the gauchest motherfuckers, you know, out. Yeah. I mean, LA's tough. Uh, LA's tough. It's funny because some of the most stylish people I know live in LA, but their style was formed elsewhere. That's the, 
In a lot of cases, yeah. Um, not all cases, but in a right. lot of cases. Majority. <laughs> name, yeah. name 10 stylish people in LA. I bet you can't. <laughs> God is ass. All right, what's more stylish, New York or LA? New what's York. More, yeah. 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 What's, more stylish, what's the most stylish city in the world? Uh, probably Tokyo. Mm. From, from, from being, you know, like of places that I've been. Yeah. Tokyo for sure. Uh, Paris probably second. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so you've spent a lot of this year inside. I got to know what's the John that you've worn the most then. If yeah. you're not. It's got the most mileage. Is the Boston's? The Boston's for sure. Any other notable uh, Johns that can be shouted out? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I've been wearing these junior pants a lot, but uh, in a similar shape, the, the drawstring pants from RTH. Mm. Uh, yeah. I've got like a I got a couple of pairs of those. Shout out to Renee. Um, just moved his store to Palm Springs from from West Hollywood. Oh, really? Yeah. And I got a, I got a few pairs of those. I've got like his BDU pants. You know the ones that are like yeah. recut out of old. I've got like two or three pairs of those, and I got some of the drawstring pants. Those get a lot of mileage, although like it's in short miles because it's you know back yeah, and sure. forth between the, the dining room and the living right. room. They and add the up kitchen, though. But it adds up. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. I'm averaging like you know 300 steps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about like uh, Josh? Do you have anything like on ice that you just been fucking frothing at the mouth to like unveil once you know lockdown ends and we get the vaccine up our butts and can fucking flex? Eat IRL and and not just for you know for the right reasons when you know we're gathering with friends and family. What you, I had, what you I had like a whole slew of joints, a whole slew of joints, like ready for what's top of the list, the grand unveiling. I mean, I don't want to call it a grand unveiling, but you know, you buy things and you're just like, Oh, well, this is you envision. You have wear. a, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's, that's the, that's a John's enthusiast always has an idea of like, Oh, I can't wait. I, you envision a scenario. Third eye. This shit John is a really John's fucking eye. hit. Yeah. You know what's funny is, is now that you mentioned it, I bought this pair of Visvin jeans that are made of like, you know, similar to that Armano story. They're made really big and then washed down and shrunk down to a size. And so they're, it's quite an extensive process and they're the best fitting jeans I've ever owned in my life. And I, I wear them a lot, but like nobody's ever seen me wear them, you know, sure. um, which is funny. But the, the thing that I am the most bummed that I didn't get a chance to wear out was this hand embroidered silk orange silk etro coach's jacket hmm. from the spring 20 season which i was delivered to me um about two weeks before lockdown damn you hate to see that shit yeah and it's just been sitting there just like in like just, just in a garment bag, like just begging, Josh, wear me, Josh. mocking me every time. Oh, mocking you even worse, <laughs> mocking me like every time I open my closet to like get the. Same. Oh, you wish you had a social life, yeah. motherfucker. Nice yeah. Boston's. What do you need? Yeah. Wear those to the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Do you get the sense, Josh? Because like you have so many homies in the industry, and like you're you're such an industry vet. Do you get the sense that in 2021, like people are just going to get fucking fits off at every function every opportunity whether again not for you know just to flex and not just like show off the latest purchase but like whether it is vintage or some old shit like do you think people are never going to miss an opportunity to get a fucking fit so, so john's arm race just a nuclear yeah. holocaust of fits <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i definitely think you're gonna see some people out there wearing like two pairs of pants being like oh, I need to wear <laughs> um, 
No, but I, you know, I, I do think that every occasion that we're going to be able to spend with friends and family and, you know, professional engagements is going to be a time to celebrate in 2021 once we're it's finally fun. able to do it. And so, you know, if you see people showing out, you know, the reason is, number one, they need to get their fits, you know, dusted off, but <laughs> also because, you know, every day is going to be a celebration a once blessing. we're finally able, you know? Yeah. yeah, once we're finally able to, like, be yeah, back tell- with our partners at the bar or... Tell you the know. tell the whiskey sponsor yeah. we come in heavy in 2021. Yeah, Amen. every that every fits a blessing, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Don't you dare every forget fits it. A blessing. Every <laughs> fits a blessing, but just, look, it, we're not immune to uh, the brickage that we see on you know daily, even even while locked up. Um, as someone that's been around for a minute now, like, is there a style or or a trend you see right now? Kids trying to do that absolutely like just confounds or even go so far as to disgust you. Not really, other than like the whole trying to bring back the motocross look, you know, like that, 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 that dirt bike, BMW, well, like the, you know, like the like, jeans or like, like Fox racing. Fox racing is what I'm more specifically referring like, to. So, so you hate that Supreme like collabs with Fox racing and, and is putting this kind of style on a pedestal to some degree? I mean, you know, they're not the only ones doing it. Sure. Uh, there's, there's, you know, you got your boy Philip Pline doing stuff like that. Got, <laughs> yeah, our <God>. boy. <laughs> yeah, that's our fucking man's dude. You know, you got Balenciaga with the full rash guards. You know, like right, there's, right, right. there's like there's, there's plenty of it out there. And one of the things that I've always felt a little squeamish about is wearing something that, like, you know, you're not really about. Mm. Posing, you know, like capping. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like I was never a big skateboarder. I liked to skate, but like, I wasn't out here doing tricks and all that. So, like, you wouldn't really see me in like Etnies mm-hmm. or you know, like America shoes or whatever sure. it was that was like the, the the hot skate shoe at the time because there was like real kids doing real things that were wearing those. Like, I didn't want to perpetrate, you know. So, like, you you take that up to a million when you're talking about wearing like a full, you know, like. Mission Impossible shootout look <laughs> when you're just like going to the, you know when you're going to the club or, or whatever and and you know to me that that just feels disingenuous so that that that's always that's always going to be like a red flag for me if something is just like yo this has not even been like other than like making it not safety like not safe you know they've taken all the other pieces of it and and put it out there like basically as that look you know. And and to me, these people who are going to be buying it haven't ever touched like an R1 sport bike, you know, or they haven't been on the the dirt slopes, you know, yeah. out there with they know twelve o'clock boys. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're, uh, to they're, me, they're, like there ain't no little Uzi vert <laughs> touching touching asphalt behind the ATV. Right. Well, uh, Josh, on the no other side, <laughs> on, the, on the yeah, right. You never shut them. You never shut it down and opened up shop. You fucking perpetrators. But Josh, on the other side of this coin, is there a trend that maybe that jumps out of you that like you subscribe to? That looking back, you're like, this is full cringe. Or, or is there too many to name? <laughs> I mean, I've never been one to go in too heavy on one trend or another. I've always tried to kind of like stay my lane and not wear like the trendiest stuff, but. I just, it took me a long time to discover how things fit. You know, like if I look back on pictures of myself from high school, you know, with a triple extra large t-shirt on and, you know, like some waist size 38 jeans and some bathing up in the front. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that, that to me, like, oh, I wish. What I wish brand, like those, je- those size 38 jeans, what brand, what like brand is that? If you can recall. It's like, I mean, it would have, it would have been like, 
this this pre-true religion, man. We're talking about like guest scenes. Okay. So this is like this is like the this is like nineties like Wu Tang yeah. New York, not like Soldier Boy Tall Tees with the big. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. This is we're talking like ninety four, ninety five. How much uh, echo? Were you, how much echo? How much Mark Echo were you wearing? I had a couple of Rhino T-shirts. I'm not gonna lie to you guys, but I had more like PMB Nation. Mm-hmm. And no shout out Sung Choi. Yeah. yeah, I had the God. PMB Nations. I had. Uh, like I, I like I didn't even feel comfortable wearing like a Mecca t-shirt. I was gonna say yeah, like Mecca. When I hear thirty-eight, I'm like Mecca jeans, maybe. No, no, no. silver jeans. That was like one of those kind of suspect brands back then. But we used to, you know, used to buy them, and they they because they had the wide leg, and then you cut them off if they were too long instead sure. of letting them get all raggedy at the back. Um, but guest jeans were like the shit. If you had your guest jeans, you were golden. Ralph Lauren, sure. Uh, Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica, but all of it like. And real talk, like I would wear that shit now if right, I still it, had it. Just but it was the like right size, size triple X. Yeah, 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 yeah. triple X large. I mean, I look like a clown. You know, we need sure. the fucking guest plug who I know must be listening to this podcast to come through and hook Josh up. Josh up with uh, some <laughs> with some the pencil decent jeans. size you jeans. Bring, yeah, you can bring me back the pencil jeans. I'm in properly I'm in. fitting. In. But ever since. Yeah. 94, 95, 96, you're batting a thousand. Or you you never yeah, like I, I just don't look back in anger, man. I just don't look back in anger. I think Oasis one. I think I think ahead. one of the Gallagher said that originally, but yeah. Yeah. Don't look All back right, in anger. Let's fast forward to right now. So right now, currently you're unshackled by the surly bonds of a soul crushing job, which like, yo, real talk, congrats. Um what is your next career? Welcome move, to the bro? resistance, brother. Yeah, what, what what's what's uh what's next on the on the horizon for uh Pesco? Well, I got a couple of I got a couple of good projects that unfortunately I can't speak on at the moment. Sure. What's um, timing though? Like twenty twenty one? Yeah. Definitely twenty twenty one. Uh hopefully hopefully H one twenty twenty one. Okay. We'll be able to talk about it. So you guys can have me back, you know, for the oh, stuff spectacular. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we can do it in person. We're currently uh, planning the throwing fits summer spectacular as we speak. So is it, that's perfect. Is it in is it like is it something we would be surprised by, or is it something where like, yo, this is like the Pesco fucking golden touch right here. Sweet spot. I would just say that for me, it's always, it's been, and I'd have to take it back a little bit, you know, just talking about the career, you know, really, I've just done a lot of different stuff. You know, I've done a lot of different stuff and I've learned a lot from it. Um, Men's wear Swiss army knife, I believe was uh, in the intro up there. (laughs) That wasn't the intro. Leather man, leather daddy, leather daddy. Um, you know, I've just you know I've worked in editorial. You know, I have I have a passion for the storytelling side of things. Um, I've worked in product development. You know, I've worked as a buyer. I've I've owned my own store. Uh, I've been a fashion director for places big and independent and startup. You know, I've 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 done a lot of things. I've been able to see a lot of perspectives on the business and. I'm I'm of an age now where I think it's time to start sharing that perspective. Interesting, you know? like going on and, podcasts and sharing your story. Well, uh, that's, each one that's teach a, one. Each one teach one, and you know, I, and I always and I always take the time if if people reach out to me to hopefully answer their questions if if I can. Um, it's a weird position to be in, you know, because I remember being like the snot nosed kid that nobody knew, you know, you know, walking up to shows, hanging on Tim Blanks's. Uh, Coattails. Like what up? I'm the associate market editor at Stuff Magazine. What's good? <laughs> yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that. No. Uh, yeah. 
I, I, I was on I was on your LinkedIn earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at stuff I was at Stuff Magazine for about three months. Worked for Jimmy Jelinek. Um, lasted about three months. And is there is there a sector of the of the fashion industry that you would not want to get into because you really have like you've done it all, been bra- like bravely adventured at all? Yeah. You know, again, for me, it, it comes down to that. I, I don't necessarily see myself working for anyone that doesn't have like an integrity of production. I, I don't see myself working for anybody who doesn't think about the life cycle of the product that they're producing. And we'll be sure to really, message this to our boy, Philip Pline to let him know that you're not available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, for all the hand applied rhinestones. <laughs> They're not applied by hand. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're well, they're children's hands. Hands. children's hands. Children's yeah. hands. Yeah. No, they're applied by nubs because they've been rubbed down. <laughs> Listen, I, I I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of validity to different aspects of the industry, and you know, if people can benefit from my helpful perspective, like I'm I'm here to give it. But in terms of in terms of who I would want to work for and who I will be working with in the future, it really comes down to you know, do, are, are they real about theirs, you know? And, that, and that's important to me. And I think I can make that choice at this time in my career is to like stand for that. As you guys were saying earlier, sure. you know, like it's, it's, um, it's important. And, you know, like throwing around words like sustainability and, you know, all that, just like, you know, just be like, stand up about what you do. Just, just be responsible about what you do and, yeah. and hopefully communicate to that, to that to your customers in, in the appropriate manner. And, and, you know, that, that's the way things work. So, so would you say then that your ideal job is kind of the one that you've, you're growing into like for 2021 or that you've kind of already grew, in, grew into to some degree, but that you're kind of like leaning into, I should say, which is like this kind of consigliere type, is it advisory consultancy stuff? Are some of these roles way more plugged in? I know you, there's certain things you can and can't say, but do you, have you thought about what is that ideal role? Not just teaching, but like, you know, well, the actual kind of how you would put a name on it, like a title. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess like the rote way of saying it is brand consultant, but you know, I, I, I'm working on it it, it from a certain, from a few different angles with a few different people. Uh, you know, I've been working with, uh, my friend, Jonathan Rich, who I worked with at, at Moda on some of these projects and, and we, um, you know, we're, we're just really, we're leaning into it. And I think that it's different things to different, to different people. Um, but I, I read something really interesting uh, oh God, I didn't read it. I listened to it on a podcast. If I could plug another podcast while we're You here. absolutely uh, cannot. Thank you we, for we, asking. We, we will probably bleep it out. But yeah, no. Yes. It's cool. It's not. Listen, as long as the listeners know that this was heard on a podcast, that doesn't matter because as the only podcast that matters, by definition, all other podcasts do not. Please proceed. <laughs> Fair enough. So this podcast that I was listening to, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Thank you. At all. <laughs> It just doesn't matter at all. But I was listening to uh, an interview with someone who wrote a book about how the brain ages. And it really struck a chord because, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, that was when I was in magazines and that's when I was, you know, like building a website. And, you know, like I still have that in me. I still have that drive in me. Um, But that's, you know, they say that younger in your life, you come up with the big ideas and later in your life, what you have to contribute is wisdom, mm. you know, is perspective and th- and, you know, being able to help. So my thing is now is like, how can I help people who are either already relatively well established or people that are 
showing extreme talent and extreme, you know, promise, but like sort of help them. If I can help guide them through some of the pitfalls that are out there, because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can fail Get in, this, in this, in this industry, you know, and, and, and if you're not in it because you love it, like a lot of people got into this industry because they thought it was going to make them wealthy. You know, they saw <laughs> people here and there idiots who were, the, who were examples of that. Well, I mean, you know, you yeah, Phil Pine. <laughs> and it did, it did make them wealthy. Yeah. Well, those, those, it, that was the drugs. That was, those were the drugs. Yeah. I was going to say, right. Lawrence and I, we don't have any wisdom because our brains are just Swiss cheese from a, sure. all the molly we did in our 20s. Right. But I get what Josh is saying. Like, listen, don't call up PESCO expecting the big idea, but call up PESCO to help with your big idea. And yeah. that's where that's what, what it is. If you were to just, if we were to put you on the spot and, and I don't know what your rate is, I'm sure we can't afford it. Like, how would you consult with throwing fits? Like, what should we do? Where do, where do we even begin? And would consulting for throwing fits be your worst job ever? <laughs> Probably because you guys couldn't pay me enough. Yeah, yeah. presumably. Yeah. yeah, it would be like um, charity. This would be back yeah. to the, pro, the so pro bono you stuff. Guys, yeah, you guys, I would do it gratis because you know I love you guys and Thanks, have man. a lot of history with both of you. But I, I would say that um, I would say that you guys are really starting down the road that you need to. You know, you, you've you've amassed this audience of people who who love to listen to you. Um, For whatever reason, right? We, no, one, no one knows why, but... You guys are witty. You got good banter. They can't see your faces, so yeah, that's right. really helpful. Got sure. face for pod. And, yeah. Yeah, got the face for radio, as they sure. used to say. <laughs> and um, I'm just kidding. You're both very handsome. Appreciate uh, But, you know, like, you guys are building a brand. You guys are building a brand yeah. based on... So, you know, the question is, is that can you guys continue to sustain the amount of output that you're doing? is there a way to expand the throwing fits universe to encompass other people, you know, who have a like mind or maybe cover something slightly different, but have a, you know, similar perspective on life. Uh, It would be really tough to find that because you two are unique jewels. You know, you're dying. World hopes so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, God forbid there's, there's more of them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, just multiply. Yeah, that's one thing. And then, you know, the other part of it would be, you know, you've already started, but uh, there's there's the the throwing fits uh, stamp of approval, you know, mm. like good housekeeping. Used the to cosign be throwing fits. Yeah, the cosign. The you know, co-sign. You, got, you got the boots, you got the loafers out right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, to any brands listening, if you want to pay us to say that your shit is good, we will do that. We have no integrity. We are completely motivated by money. So, yeah, take it from us. Josh is backing us up bang our line. Josh, something uh, we do have in common with you is that we, we both worked um, in media. I think media was kind of like in your earlier days before you got into, you know, buying and, and kind of just being like a futurist. Um, but you know, fashion we, director. Yeah. Lawrence and I, uh, we put in our, our 10,000 hours at um, complex and four pins mm-hmm. and, and uh, you worked at a lot of media publications during media's like last great hurrah before everything went digital and upended everything and fucking Facebook came in and fucked everything up for everyone. What was like the most over the top perk you got as like an important editor back in the day? Uh, perk. I mean, it's, it's, there's two different ways to look at it. There's like the way that people spent money at magazines. And then there's like the perks that I personally got. Let's cover both. Let's, let's do both. Let's figure it out. Let's, uh, let's dive into both these. If the IRS is listening, the statute of limitations is 10 years. So shut the fuck up. Sam. Yeah. I just, you know, where the budget's robust as fuck. 
when I drivers. got to when I got to like the big companies, the big publishing houses, yes, they were. Um, and I and I was there while they diminished. Okay. You know, I was there while they diminished, but yeah. a lot of people pressure, said that had, hiring you was the reason that those budgets yeah. were complete. Bro, I was like, the, I was the in the Hearst cafeteria. Yeah. I was, the, I was the employee of the month in the very last issue ever published of Cargo Magazine. Damn. But, kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but you know, there was, there was definitely like, I came from an independent ma- magazine background, right? Like I worked at the Fader. That's where right. I started. Mm-hmm. It was a small staff. And there's a lot of people who I worked with there that have gone on to do really, really great things. You know, Will Welch, notably. Will Welch being one of them. Absolutely. Will Welch being one of them. You worked with Caramonica at Vibe too? Yeah. Worked with okay. Caramonica at Vibe. Um, worked with a lot of people, you know, who, I, who I'm certainly lucky to have gotten a chance to be around and learn sure. from. When you saw um, this money being tossed around though, especially coming from like a scrappy startup like Fader, where you're just like, what are you doing? Like, this is so wasted. Yeah. This is so dumb. I remember, I remember very distinctly um, a flip-flop shoot. What? Oh. Right? It was like shoot flip-flops. <laughs> right. Okay. Just to shoot flip-flops, right? right. Like just to shoot flip-flops. And they were like some front of book, like a front of book spread, like a gift guide type deal. They wanted yeah. to shoot it on black sand. So they flew the team to Tahiti and they shot it. They shot it like top down. Sick. So like all you saw was black sand. You didn't see anything else, but you know, all expense city trip for probably like nine to 10 people to shoot a one page full bleed. That rocks. Just like face down black sand. <laughs> That's so sick. They're like, you know, I mean, and those <laughs> kinds of things, those kinds of things were done, you know? And I was just, I was blown away. I was blown away. Were you just um, living in the moment? Cause you're like, fuck it. I wasn't, going on, I wasn't going to Tahiti. Oh, you didn't go? That sucks. No, they weren't sending me to Tahiti. No. I had to pick out the flip-flops. Though. You got right, to right, right. You gotta go to, to the garment district, Josh. Go to the showroom. Yeah. Pick us out some flip-flops. Wait, so, and I'll then... And then on the other side of it, being like uh, an editor who, you know, has a reputation, like, are we talking like banging press trips? Like what kind of per, cause obviously like you were on flow team before flow team was flow team, but like, you know, how ridiculous did the love get, you know, for people to, to put you put that or for you to put them in your good graces when it came. I, was, to the I, think that, I think that probably the craziest trip I ever took was like the week after men.style.com folded into GQ and I was no longer working there, you know, cause like when it folded in, uh, you know, the decision was made that, that, that they didn't need me. They didn't need that position that I had at men.style.com as fashion editor. And that was a bummer, you know, cause I really loved that job and I really loved what we had been doing there. And, you know, as much respect as I have for the GQ team, many of them are, still there or, you know, work other places and, and I know them well and, and have a lot of love for them. But, you know, like the, the men.style.com job uh, was, was an amazing one. And it was at a very sort of pivotal time and sure. all the stuff that, you know, that we're talking about now. Absolutely. You were pro- proto fashion bros in the closet, you and Tyler. Yeah. Proto fashion bros yeah. in the closet. Yes. I did not make up that name. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you, you for going on record. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for your service. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a tough free- one. That that's a tough one that didn't age great. <laughs> we were drinking on camera because that was the name, and I was like, "I'm yeah. doing this. I should drink on camera." Sure. Uh, uh, no, no, no. 
I said I no, but, but what you the work, the, to right. be clear because I think there's a, an audience there's a par- portion of the listeners the audience that is too young to get this but like what you were doing at you and and the crew at men.style was doing like at least and I'm speaking for myself I don't want to necessarily speak for James but like I am not doing what I I didn't do what I what I did and I'm not doing what I do now if it wasn't for you guys I mean that was like the was voice that was it, was, it was voice a lot of people yeah it was taste, voice humor voice. and taste yeah so yeah that was really that was a special time what you guys did was was a definitely a, that was important and I think impactful for sure and maybe doesn't get the respect it deserves now but like it should be said a hundred percent. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, you know, if it, if it, if it created one Lawrence and, you know, half a dozen other people who are working out here in the world and then I've been, then it's right. all the way worth my time. But going back to what the trip was. So yeah, I had been oh, invited, yeah, I had been invited to go on a trip by a, I mean, it doesn't matter now. It was a press trip for IWC watches. Ooh, hell yeah. And they had released or they were getting ready to release a version of the aqua timer to benefit the Charles Darwin foundation of the Galapagos islands. And so they flew me to the fucking Galapagos. Sick. Sick. And so, yeah, I went to the Galapagos islands. It was like one or two other magazine editors. And it was like a bunch of those watch people, you know, like those watch people, they get, they get the big time. They They get, they get busy. They get biz. I mean, they're, they're not doing anything except for like looking at watches with each other, but like they're doing it in an exotic <laughs> yeah. location. They're doing nothing they're, but jerking each other off, yeah. but it's they're like, hunching over it. I mean, it was like pre, it was like pre iPhone where we're all hunched over now, but they were hunched yeah. over looking at it. It's just like, bro, did IWC like, oh, not give a shit that you're like, yo, I don't have a job anymore? Well, I'm, I, I told them and I wrote, <laughs> and I, I wrote the story anyway and I shopped it around to some other publications and eventually okay. it did get published. But oh, I mean, hell yeah. you know, it was just, at that point, like my tickets had been bought, you know, like right, right. done, the visas had been done. And, you know, they said, Hey, look, you know, this is, these things happen. We, we love you. And I had obviously been a good partner to them over the years. I mean, why not? IWC watches are bomb. Yeah, and sure. so, you know, they just, I just went along for the ride and it. it was, it was, it was an amazing experience. You saw the tortoises. Uh, we did. We saw the tortoises. Uh, we saw, humpback whales we saw uh dolphins and different types of porpoises we saw you know all the finches all of darwin's finches we saw them all all was it worth it though the motherfucking porpoises was it was it worth it though that you had to hang out with like watch nerds oh yeah i mean gotta be right that's oh man everybody was cool everybody was cool <laughs> i mean you're in the motherfucking galapagos islands you're yeah, jetting true. from one island to another on like little skiff boats i mean come yeah. on like, it, it is four o'clock uh <laughs> sure that was a lot of that but yo so okay so we talked about the fader we talked about <laughs> men.style.com briefly mentioned vibe. I mean, esquire you know big black book cargo stuff like what's a just just from the media portion um or editorial portion of your career what's like a highlight that you you know still cherish this day just like a fucking grail moment whether it was like you know uh, a, a, a rapper that you fucking was your idol who you got to style or another fucking trip like this what what's a what's a highlight you can't let go of you mentioned that that there was a cover shoot that we did of the fader and it was like the first cover shoot that I did. And it was with, um, most deaf sick and, and Jonathan Mannion. Oh, and oh, it's, wow. uh, I, he recently Man. reposted it cause it was, it was, it was, uh, it was most deaf's birthday not that long ago. And I had been working with, uh, with his stylist, uh, her name's Lisa. 
And, you know, a lot of people know her. She, she's well known in the game. And, she, you know, I've been working with her because she was in L.A. And, like, I was pulling all the stuff. And, you know, like, it was honestly, for most def, it was like, the first, it was right before Black on Both Sides came out, right? So the mm. second album. Yeah. And or was that the first album? What was the second one called? Mm. Black on Both Sides was the second album. And so, you know, it was about to come out. And they, uh, it was the first time that like Saint Laurent and, you know, Gucci and all these places had allowed me to pull clothes, you know, like, cause it was for someone who was really important at that time. So I was pulling all these clothes and we were supposed to meet him, uh, in Dumbo and he was living it. He was living in, uh, in Dumbo at the time. And he had this, and he had this apartment. And so we were going to meet him there and he was flying in from Miami. And we heard that there was this big rainstorm that was chasing him up the coast and he might not make it, you know, and I had all these racks with like, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of clothing on the street, <laughs> you know, just like waiting for this dude to show up. Cause we were going to use his apartment as a dressing room, you know, sure. we were going to shoot in and around Dumbo. And he finally showed up in a Brown Astroline van, <laughs> Chevrolet Astroline. And this motherfucker comes out of the back of this van and he is wearing cream and caramel two-tone Valentino loafers, vintage. Okay. Bell-bottom cream and caramel seersucker trousers, right? <laughs> A mint green knit polo. Sick. And a 1970s women's Masoni cardigan, like one of those ones that had like the abstract pattern on a okay. white background, you know, like with all the pinks and greens and yellows and oranges and browns, like knee length, women's cardigan. And he was just like, oh yeah, I just went to my favorite vintage store in Miami and I bought all this stuff. He's just like, but I'll put on your clothes. I was like, here's a hat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I literally, I gave him a Kangol. Sure. And he put that on and that was the cover. Damn. Just so that's what he got the, fly, the flyest motherfucker in the world. I mean, yo, like you can't Popping even out the touch him. Van. Yeah, yeah. On the inside, in the inside of the, uh, in the inside of the magazine, he was wearing this YSL trench coat, and this was, uh, God, who was designing it then? It must have been Eddie Slomano was designing it then, because it was right before Stefano Pilati did. And uh, he was, you know, he wore that a little bit. I gave him a couple of pairs of vintage Cazelle glasses that I borrowed from Claudia, Claude Money, and uh, you <laughs> know, like he wore those. But, like, other than that, he just wore his own clothes the whole time. And Jonathan Mannion, who I don't know if you guys know him. Oh, yeah. Legend. The yeah, best. So, like the GOAT. So, John is, I mean, like, what a, what a great guy to work with. But back then, we were still shooting film. So, he had, like, 15 assistants, you know. And this was, like, we had done a lot of shoots together. So, yeah, 15 assistants. He's got guys, like, rolling backs for cameras and, you know, like, dipping the mm -hmm. Polaroids in the juice to keep them right. You know, like, doing the lights. He's got 15 assistants always. And most is just, like, Yo, let's jump in the van and let's ride down Myrtle and go see and go see some places. And so I got in the car, Jonathan got in the car, and that was it. Like none of the assistants got in there. So John John had to get like a backpack on and like twist all these backs, you know, like in between stops. And there was just like this old African dude that was driving it and smoked all my cigarettes. I used to smoke back then. He smoked all my candle lights. <laughs> so did most. And we listened to all the beats from Black on Both Sides. We just drove up and down Myrtle. Amazing. And we we pulled out in front of uh, like this, 
this graffiti wall that was like the same colors as the Masoni cardigan. And we shot a picture of him there while he was waving to like the little old ladies that were like, Oh, Hey Mose. And he's like, Oh, Hey Miss Robinson. You know, like, cause he knew everybody, man. Sure. And it was, that was, that was a, that was like a, a big, big day for me. Legendary, day. legendary day. day. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. What about, uh, I mean, we can't talk about the good without talking about the bad. What is, is there a low light that maybe yeah. you want to forget, but now we're, we're, you know, let's kill the mood scab and dredging yep. up bad memories. <laughs> let's kill the mood real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, man, working in magazines, especially back then, it was like so high pressure. There was a lot of tough days. You know, there was a lot of tough days. The worst days for me were usually run through days. Um, and for, you know, people who are not familiar is, the idea of the run through is, is like you run through all the looks that you're going to do for a particular photo shoot and, you know, you put them together with, you know, the team and then you present it to your editor in chief, right? Like your boss looks at it first and then the editor in chief has to walk through it. And it was always nerve wracking because, you know, typically speaking as much, as much respect as I have for the people who I've worked under as editor in chiefs, particularly in my Hearst and Condé Nast years, like they might come in with just a completely different perspective than you and, and just like murder all your work. And yeah. you have to then spend the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours fixing it uh, before the shoot. And right. so, you know, in those kinds of environments, like it was, it was super stressful, you know, and there was, I don't want to point out any particular moment, but there was definitely ones where I was just like, I would rather be at the bottom of a whiskey bottle at the bottom of a well than like be, <laughs> Sure. here right now right um, but you know like all things all things being equal you know i wouldn't trade that magazine time for anything man it was like it was it was it was really special and i got to work with people that have like helped me become who i am so you know sure on the whole and, and then like you know from media you kind of uh jumped over into retail buying strategy um and eventually launching your own shop which unfortunately didn't work out like why do you think mm-hmm. that Magaz, magazine? How do you say it? Magazine. <laughs> magazine. See, Lawrence? Magazine. Yeah. It's on magazine. Yeah. yeah. Magazine. Je it just means store. Yeah. Just means store in French. Uh, Wait, why do you think store. it didn't work out? Because I remember like there, I, I used to have to work in Marina Del Rey and I'd always want to jump over to Culver City and visit it because it mm-hmm. seemed like such a fucking fire destination. And it seemed like, at least from where we're sitting, like the philosophy and, and, the, and the brand list and roster was always just like super yeah. on point. Why do you think it didn't necessarily work out? Long term, and to be clear, it was fire. Having you know had the opportunity to go uh, one time, it it, it was yeah. awesome. And and I yeah, so sorry not to cut off, but I just wanted to, to be clear. Shit was fire. Unfortunately, like a lot of fire things, it didn't work out. Uh, thank you for saying that, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, listen, I, I I think I think it was the right idea. Um, it was probably in the wrong place, and it was definitely the wrong time. You mean wrong place, like Culver City specifically. Culver City? I think that LA in general, if I was going to do it again, if, if I was going to open that same store with that same mentality, that same roster, I would do it someplace else. Mm. Um, there's other neighborhoods that would have accommodated it better. And I'm not saying that Culver city wouldn't be the right place at a future time, but you know, at the time that we were there, it wasn't developed enough to support sure what it was that we were doing. And, and, you know, I didn't know enough about the way LA kind of worked. You know, you guys alluded to it earlier, but just the way that, you know, people don't necessarily move around LA the way that they move around other places. Their butt white um, tees are too, uh, you know, their legs are tangled up in their butt white tees. That's, they yeah. can't really walk. 
Well, I mean, we for a while we had another we had a pop up store in uh, in Florida in Palm in Palm Beach, and we had a client who would who lives you know in Brentwood, and he would rather you know fly in his private jet to Florida and shop at that store than like come to Culver City, you know, and and that was that was him, and that was but that's emblematic. But that's emblematic of kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we had some we had some great, 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 great clients and we had some really good times and we really, I think our message was well received and I think that we made a mark in a lot of ways. And we, we represented a lot of that stuff that we were talking about earlier and, you know, which is really starting to catch on now, right? So yeah. like maybe I was a little bit early on it, but the I, idea was of right. Of your time, yeah, for sure. The idea was right. Uh, from a strategy standpoint, we were slow to try to put it online as well as have it in store. And I think that that's critical, you know, for independent small brands and uh, stores, mostly label boutiques. It's, it's, it's critical that you go to where your audience is. And I don't think I had an appreciation for that at the time. Right. And so, you know, like those are the reasons. But, you know, the mentality behind it, the, the philosophy of it, is something that we carry on. And, and you know, Simon and, and Christoph and I, the guys that I work with in putting together that store, uh, you know, we got a lot to be proud of. And, and I think that, you know, within the industry, at least, you know, and for the people that were able to visit us and we had some very, very loyal clients, uh, you know, it, it, it was, a, it, it will be missed. But so many of the places that like matter to me, you know, coming up, you know, Nom de Guerre or mm. you know, the Union Store in New York or, yeah. Uh, you know, recon or any of these places, you know, that were really important uh, and culturally still contribute, right? Sure. Like people who came up during those periods of time, you know, the A-Life, Rivington Club, you know, like all these places that, you know, were kind of jumping off when I was in that period of time of my life. Like, you know, the people that work there have gone on to do great things. The yeah. people that shop there have been inspired by it. So you fingerprints know, like, are all over the game. Like, yeah, you, know, you know, so sure. I, I just, I think that like it didn't, it didn't work out for a long period of time, but I think uh, it was well worth doing. It's better to burn Absolutely. out than fade away. Right. You know, totally. Absolutely. Um, but one thing that I think by any metric you could call a success <laughs> is your Coat Chronicle series, <laughs> which was the Instagram appointment viewing of the year, nay, the millennium. <laughs> so our question for you, Joshua, what is your coat rotation right now? And yes, we know pandemic stuck inside. You're yeah. on a little uh, trip right now, but like, what is the starting yeah. lineup? And we heard about the Etro coach jacket. Yeah, already. But like, which has never even like, which yeah. hasn't even made it out the gate. But like, sure. as soon as I can, boy, ooh, I'm burning a hole through Broadway with that thing. <laughs> as soon as I can. Um, yeah, what's in the rotation right now, right now when it comes to uh, the, yeah, the coatage? What, what are your coats of the year? So for 2020, the coats of the year have been uh, a 45 RPM uh, herringbone like knit overcoat right raglan shouldered overcoat and it's a knit it's like wearing like a, a knee-length sweater but it looks like an overcoat and it's blue and gray uh and for those listening 45 rpm is a japanese brand it's really really kind of low-key but it's well known for its quality it's very expensive um it's less expensive than japan and they have a killer or smells amazing Yes, store smells amazing so mercer street in manhattan that's the only store i think in the united states but i could be wrong about that and, uh, wow. I mean, you know, if I was 
of a different tax bracket, I'd only wear a 45 <laughs> RPM straight up. Sure. I think Antonio Changoli, when he came on the pre the last episode of the previous podcast endeavor that shall not be named, he gave a lot of love to 45 RPM. Definitely. And if you know, you know, if you're a tasteful oh, yeah. motherfucker, you fucking, this is, That's you a, know about this for sure. It's, it's a must. You know, visit. what's funny is yeah. I used to, I used to, I used to borrow bandanas and stuff from the manager of the store there back in the day when I was working at the fader and that, and his name is John and you guys probably know him because he's the guy who runs wholesale and uh, sort of like is the gatekeeper for capital and mm. research uh, now. And he used to work at post alls. If you guys remember that brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, John, John is like one of those dudes, you know, it's just like, you need characters in this game. Oh man. Like love that guy. Anyway. So 45 RPM jacket, I've got a green melton wool uh, overcoat from Yuki Matsuda, another dear friend of mine Ooh. from his Mon Italy line. I know you the guys juicy Yuki. We love yeah. Mon Italy. Shout out Mon Italy. Yo, so I, bl- I believe uh, Yuki called you on his Instagram like the craziest guy to party with or something. I'm like, well, <laughs> it was some some high honor that only some dubious distinction. Yeah. <laughs> Yuki's one of my closest friends and we have fun when we, when we get a chance. <laughs> we'll leave it yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we got that. What, uh, what are the lapels like on that? Tell me a little bit more about that mul- that green melt and like a It's like a high neck with a zip out hood. So it's got like sort of like that M65 neck, you know, like it, on yeah, the army sure. jacket. Yeah. But, it, uh, but it's just got like two, it's got like two storm flaps like you find on a, on a trench coat right here, raglan sleeve, and then it's just kind of like A-frame, you know, like it's A-line and it, sure. it just kind of bells out and it's super comfortable. So I've been wearing that a lot. I have a, you know, speaking of, of John, I've got a mountain research, like fishtail parka um, in navy blue. That's just like kind of my raincoat right now because uh, it's unlined. And so that's been really good. And then when it gets cold out, I've been wearing it a little bit with this. Um, there's this leather jacket manufacturer that I did some consulting work for and one of the things that i asked them to make they're based in naples and one of the things that i asked them to make and this was probably two or three years ago now was a patagonia shearling vest but out of real shearling um and so we ended up selling quite a few of those in japan but they didn't really catch on at any of the united states stores but i have one of the protos still and it's like white with like the cobalt blue suede pocket oh that's awesome yeah and so I wear that underneath it for warmth now. So that's really my rotation at the moment. Um, that's a murderer's row, dog. God yeah. damn. But I got like I mean, 27 man. Yankees. Right. <laughs> Those are like the three that I've been wearing the most lately, right? Because they're mad comfy. Oh, and also the Hermano coat that we talked about earlier. Right. That, mm, uh, sure. That moleskin one. Yeah. That's good with the sweatpants for the dog walk with the boss. <laughs> God damn. Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, King of Coats, I think, uh, should have made it into the, or King of Coat Chronicles. That's what it was, or the Kaiser, I forget, but, uh, definitely a, a title well earned. Um, Josh, I mean, look, man, like your fucking encyclopedic knowledge of, of this entire game is not to be trifled with, but if you had to whittle it down to your person, not the best brand, but your personal favorite brand of 2020, whether it was the moves they made, the strides they took, or just like, you know, it, it, a personal connection you had with it. Who was your personal favorite brand of 2020 looking back? I mean, I got to say, and you know, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say this, but I really feel like it was 4S Designs. Mm. 
Yeah. And I mean, just looking at, honestly, like looking at what Angelo and, you know, Angelo has been a dear friend of mine for a long time. And so I am somewhat biased, but I have always appreciated his mind and the way he looks at this business and the way that he looks at clothing in general. I mean, like that dude can tell you about like all the specifics of like every sneaker that Hermes has ever made. Like, right. why do you know that? You know, but, <laughs> like, I don't know that, you know, it's just like, and he can tell you about it's just yeah. so many things. And, and just like, I mean, on top of just being like, you know, the best guy, the best dude. top top shelf human, you know, if there ever was one. Sure. Every but single, every single piece has some like, yeah. extra fucking next level uh, detail where it's like, I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. On, it's like on, mind blowing, you know, you know? like gun to head. I wouldn't have fucking thought to, you know, print the checkered, you know, whale check or whatever into the corduroy, right. Or like weaving metal through the fucking yeah. pants or whatever. And you know, the true story is, is that I, I've been, I've been speaking with Angelo ever since he decided to start this project. I have always tried to encourage him because I've always thought that like his voice is singular and his mind is just, you know, incredible. And his, you know, level of dedication to the craft is as high as it gets, you know? And when he showed me that first collection, I was really, really, really moved. I was impressed. You know, I I wanted to wear all of it. I thought that he made so many smart, smart moves with the, with the way that he had done it. And then the way that he had been able to sort of take on the adversity of the situation that he found himself in, designing his second ever collection. Because, you know, he got picked up by great stores and, sure. you know, people were writing about it and, and all that. But, like, you need to build on that momentum. And, you know, here you are in, like, unprecedented, like, global catastrophe. How are you going to do your second season? And he had to do it all over Zoom. And, you know, we talked about it during that period of time. And I know he's talked about all this with you guys, so I won't really get into it. But he sent me that lookbook, you know, that he did for his second season. Yeah. And I looked at it and, I, you know, and he said to me, what, what do you think? And I wrote him back and I said, you're doing it, man. Like, you're, you're doing something that nobody else is doing. 100%. It has a feeling it reminded me of like some of the early lookbooks. And I mean, it's straight up and down. It's just like a couple of dudes wearing clothes, like standing up, you know, <laughs> and, and you guys know that. And I didn't get the opportunity to see the clothing in person this time. Although, you know, I'm sure I'll see some of it eventually, but like knowing how he is about craftsmanship, knowing who it is that are his partners that he's working with, knowing how he is about fabric development. I'm sure it's immaculate, but the way he put it together, like really reminded me, of the way Adam Kimmel used to be. Ooh, yeah. You know? and An, and, an and, underappreciated goat, for sure. But, you know, and I knew Adam. I know Adam. And I haven't seen him in, a, in, in years. We haven't spoken. But, you know, we used to be pretty close. And, and, and you know, like... Can you, get us a, can you get us a WeWork discount? <laughs> we need a studio. Still, is he still there? Is he I don't still know. there? He I might be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um... But what, but what he did, what Adam did is similar to what Angelo is doing, where it's just like, you know, taking something that either feels really high and bringing it down to a level that's understandable for like the regular man. And then taking something that's like very, very pedestrian and, and elevating it to a level. And, you know, adding in some of his, you know, background, um, you know, from outside, like the whole thing, I, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, fine. I mean Angelo, I mean, everyone dealt with like, you know, yeah. uh, unprecedented times, da, da, da. But like Angelo, 
Um, I feel like especially because shit was when shit was going down in Italy, that's when he was like trying to get a shit. He did almost fucking shoot himself in the foot when he asked me if I wanted to be in the lookbook. <laughs> that would have been. So thank God he avoided that fucking, yeah. uh, you know, pratfall. Otherwise, he would have just gone down in the toilet and you would have seen the lookbook, Josh. You would have been like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is garbage. That, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was the ultimate test. But I feel like, yeah, like. He cast, Angela, me, off a, he cast me off a TikTok, by the way. <laughs> I feel like Angela, like. What dance were you doing? <laughs> I, was doing uh, I was doing the, the renegade. renegade. The renegade. Probably, the renegade. Sure. Uh, I think that. 4S design kind of simultaneous. It's like it was like rookie of the year, and then also it's like an MVP, right? It's like fucking Ichiro in 01 or whatever, where it's like, damn, like where did this come from? But yet it's it's hitting so kind of perfectly, which is like, you know, obviously that's something that is happening right now with Angelo and 4S, but Josh to kind of like pull things back and take the 50,000, you know, foot view that we like to take here on the only podcast that matters. If we were thinking about your favorite brands of all time, like a Mount Rushmore unranked and also fuck Mount Rushmore, but you know, using that as as the construct, what, what else, like, what would we throw up there? I I mean, Dries Van Noten, number one. Sure. The master Number one always. Yeah. You know, I, of any single designer, like designer, designer, I, I own the most clothes from Dries and, and just love him. Uh, of all yeah. times, yeah. I mean, Yoji Yamamoto, I just got married in all Yoji. So that was, that was, yeah. Was it the Supreme collaboration? <laughs> nah, nah, it was straight Yoji. I was, I was dressed like it man. Yeah. That's the real master. I mean, shout out Dries, but Yoji is truly Yamamoto sama. Yeah. The master. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so we, we said Mon Italy. I love Mon Italy as, as we know. High praise. Uh, I mean, that's Italy. what James and I have been, we've been shouting from the rafters I, I, yeah. specifically because we did this amazing private sale. Um, shout out Yushi sama. Uh, for setting that up, but uh, okay, I mean, shit. That's the listen. If you don't fucking listen, if the throne fits cosine doesn't mean anything to you, well, you know what? You just heard it from. Do you fuck with? Uh, do you fuck with Yucatan at all? Yeah, I was actually like, my one of the few times that I've like squeezed my foot into an actual shoe <laughs> this year that it wasn't a Boston was a pair of. I mean, I've got numerous pairs sure. of, of Yucatans, but the ones that I have been wearing is he made he made me a version of. Um, like the handsome low mock that he does yeah, uh, with the, with the pancake sole. He made that for me in a blue on blue suede on leather. <clears throat> one, one, one of one. And they they're do. like, they're, they're just killer. So you they, know, I, I wear those. Yucatan does a Boston. I have the Yuki fucking like vegan leather, you know, ropes, yeah. rope midsole, Boston's like they're, too. they're gas. I have them too. I have Hell them too. Yeah. Amazing. Um, All right. So that's three. Man. Three. You got one more slot, buddy. One more slot of all time. Yes, sir. We're only asking big questions, bro. Yeah. All right. So what did I say? I said Dries. You said Dries, Yoji, and Mon Italy. And Mon Italy. I mean, if we're talking about like clothes that I personally yes, wear. Yes, that's what we mean. Yes. Then it would probably be Massimo Alba. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Yeah, this little curveball right at the end. I mean, obviously Absolutely. somebody who's. I mean, I mean, I could do it. I could amazing. talk about it all day. Like I love, you know, like I love Etro. Like people don't understand, you know, the flyness that Etro can be. I love Missoni. I mean, you know, like Federico Karate in in Italy's doing just like such dope stuff, and he just started doing the Roshas brand as well. I mean, Sakai, sure. you know, Bodhi, Nicholas Daly. 
you know, like, I mean, God, there's so many yeah. that I love. You're, but, I mean, you're cheating. You're, about, you're, you're just cheating now. Now you're. Who, why am I who, cheating? This is more. This is the Mount Rushmore has since crumbled under the weight yeah. of a thousand more heads. <laughs> my bad. My bad. No, 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 no. Josh, who, who are you really rooting for in 2021? Like, an, maybe an emerging brand, like the way that kind of you know forest design broke out in 2020. Yeah. Who are you hoping that uh, has their has their fucking year in 2021? I'm hoping Nick Daly has his has his year. Sure. He deserves it. You know, like that guy is making really really good clothes with a really good story behind it. Like great silhouettes, great fabrics. You know his his integrity is just like monumental. I love Nick Daly, man. And and I, I if anybody deserves a blow, he does. You know we picked him up at the end there for Moda, and unfortunately, you know what happened yeah. happened. But you know I know that I know that Chris out of Unions selling the clothes now, and a few other people. And I know that there's certain friends of of ours or uh, co- former coworkers of both of ours that also really champion that dude, but like, what a heart, man. He's really yeah. doing it for the love. to watch for, for, for sure. Keep yeah. your eyes would, on Nick fucking daily. I would daily. love to see him get the, Annually. get the, get the respect he deserves. Cause he's Absolutely. doing fucking it. throw gang mobilize. Yeah. All right, Josh. Um, this is a very special day. Actually. Uh, this is the, well, it's, we, we're currently in the midst of the first annual 2020, the only award show that matters. The yeah. fitties. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've, we've had literally, <laughs> literally thousands of people. Yeah. I can no fucking bullshit count, uh, have, have voted, yeah. thrown their fucking, you know, it, this is America, baby, this is democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is why we, this is why we fucking, you yeah. know, fought those goddamn buck tooth Brits off. 3,500 plus people have voted already, have made their voice oh, heard. And now we're going to, we're going to switch so, it over to Josh for a bit. Here. Look, the, the voting's effectively done um, as, as a visionary, as a forecaster, we kind of want to get uh, your, answers on you know who had the best 2020 um you know we already talked about angela and 4so but you know trends collab sneakers mm-hmm. and then we want you to guess <laughs> who you think the throw gang yeah. shows a little profiling knowing, knowing our audience um yeah just like you know just blanket yeah. statements um so you, you said your personal favorite brand of 2020 was forest designs mm-hmm. uh what brand do you think throw gang shows as the best brand in the fitties you just had to guess. Was this was this like multiple choice? It was. was it was multiple it was, choice, but we don't want to make it easy for you. Yeah. So uh, we're just wondering what <laughs> what you think was the number one, and this was a runaway category. Yeah. Best brand of 2020. Yes, sir. Yep. I'd say maybe Stussy. Ooh, yo, you're fucking close. Stussy right now is sitting in third. Okay. But, but number one was Ame Leon Leon Dore. Sure, mm-hmm. and that and that makes sense. That absolutely makes. Might sense. have heard of them. Might okay. have heard yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah, cool. One category down. Okay, now let's talk about trends, Josh. First Macro. and foremost, what was your trend of 2020? And you can be as general or as specific as you want. Specifically, well, my, men's fashion related. I mean, I guess it was the the as you guys said earlier, the Gork core, you know, like, like the outdoorsy type of scenario that that really seemed like the one. Yeah. This is why, this is why they pay you the big bucks. I mean, not only is that definitely would be in, I think anyone's kind of like obvious top three, but that was the one far away, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that was the one that the, uh, the throw gang picked as well. So boom, now you're one for okay. two, baby. But, but what, okay. what trend do you think will, uh, oh, right. you know, we're not just going to ask you to look backwards. You're a visionary. We want you to look forward um, as well and, and do 
some you know free consulting work. What brand do you what trend <laughs> what trend do you think will dominate in twenty twenty one? I think that you'll probably see a little bit of a return to a so like these things don't happen quickly, right? So I think that what you'll probably see is a little bit of a military BDU mm. kind of like tactical thing going forward, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, you know, materially changed by the gore core that came before it. The thing about these kinds of things is that like, at least in menswear and also in women's wear, but not to the same degree in menswear, like these things don't go away. Right. You know, like they don't they go permeate away. the next movement as well. Like the yeah, previous movement like, permeates they, they, the next. Yeah. They transmutate that shit. And like, I think that, you know, if Gorkor is like the wave right now, it's just like, well, okay, you know, the bright colors and all that are going to look great with army drab. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like as things move forward a little bit, like fleece isn't going away, but like your little aqua fleece is going to look nice with, you know, like desert camo or whatever. I I can just see people getting back into that, particularly if you're like taking it from like a late eighties to early nineties perspective, where most of that Gorkor shit comes from. The next thing that really came was like, the, the BDUs, you know? So if we're keeping on that cycle, I could see that being, being where it goes a little bit. And wearing the right pants for it. Yeah. And anyone at home listening uh, who might be on a budget, I mean, that that's great news. If you want to stay trendy, because like we've said, hit the fucking surplus store and just fucking go. Absolutely. New York city. They got, they got heat down there, man. Was it, you said church street surplus. Mm-hmm. Is that the one that's like the, the, cause there's a lot of great fucking um, surplus that's, stores in New York. Is that the one? That's one of the ones that's left. It's okay. really got, that's I mean, where you can find like some real vintage Bandage. stuff, man. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, all right, Josh, I know that um, you've been bossed up for most of 2020, but what was your personal favorite sneaker of the year? I got to pick one. Yes. yes one. Okay. And you can uh, even be as specific as the colorway too for a, 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 maybe a shoe that came out that was in multiple colorways or a collab or something. I mean, almost all of them are collabs. Yeah, that was the case as James and I were listing them out for the fitties doing our due diligence. Yeah. Wait a minute, are we doing this in terms of like who they picked? This well, is, you're this going is first. Your, this, and is your personal, this is your yeah. personal and then we'll, we'll bring it over to Throw Gang or you can guess um, what Throw Gang picked. So my personal favorite sneaker of the year, the one that I've worn the most, honestly, has been uh, Teddy Santis, the New Balance, the basketball New Balance. The 550, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I got which, them in which the burgundy color. Which color? color. I got the burgundy color. Nice. And it, they're just killer. I, there's so many other shoes that I, like, I haven't broken out my, like, my Jordan 4s from Union yet, you know? Like, I haven't. Right. Oh, like I've, must be nice to have them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've worn my, I've worn my, I've worn my my JJ Jown New Balance a few times. Yeah, the nine nine. You know what else yeah. I've worn? Do you know what else I've worn a lot is the District Vision Salomons. Yes, those are underrated and very fucking cool. Yeah, man, very flavor and like very fucking waterproof. So you know, like that's always a good look in New <laughs> sure. York City when you're when you're like when you're like yeah, uh, you're stomping through puddles. Yeah, uh, I, I like those um, those Antas, the Salehe. Did. Yes, right. The the hiking, the big chunky hiker type. They're sneakers. super comfortable, super yeah. comfortable. And again, like I've had them for so long and I haven't worn them yet. But the Sauconies that uh, the Lapstone and Hammer guys in Philly did, mm-hmm. got like this hand sewn moccasin toe. I've been waiting for a reason to pull them out. Sure, you know. But yeah. but I mean, in terms of like daily wear, 
It's the New Balance by Teddy. Those are the ones, man. The five fifties. Do you, yeah. if you had to speculate, what do you think? So clearly, New Balance had a huge year, and year. I, and I'll lob you that as like uh, that was definitely a, a, a hint. A, a big, a big popular brand with our guys and girls. Uh, can you? Do you want to gander or take a take a little guess at, at what is the number one style and color of maybe some of these things we mentioned for for the throw gang? I mean, for the for the five five two, I'd say it's probably the green color. Oh, the nine the nine nine two, the New Balance, the Excuse Jones. me, yes, the now nine twos. Yeah, I'd say that that was the uh, mezcal, the green the mezcal hitting. Sure, that is that is the number one shoe for our guy Ooh. that is beating the New Balance five fifties from Teddy by one vote. Two votes. Two votes. Two votes. It just updated in real time. So yes, <laughs> okay. it, it was absolutely the year of the, the year of newbies. Is, is there a doubt. sneaker uh, that, or even just like a general brand or, or, you know, anywhere from like as big of a brand to like as specific as a model that you're excited for in 2021, or is it just all perks all year? I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> uh, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. But I'm and who, and who knows what's going to come out anyway, right? Like there's yeah, so much the shit thing, that man. Like just, it's just sneakers now. Yeah. Well, like, are, I mean, are you excited so for like, quickly. you know, seeing what like Chris is going to do, you know, with his Jordan in 2021 or, or what like, you know, New Balance continues their pro their fucking unbeatable uh, program cl- collaboration program. Like what's just a juggernaut, man. They're just absolutely. a juggernaut right now. But I mean, you know, Chris, in terms of people who I have like, you know, unbelievable amounts of respect for Chris, Chris Gibbs and Beth, you know, like they're both, man, you know? So like whatever they do, I I personally prefer the Jordan ones from last year to the one, the Jordan fours from this year, mm-hmm. just like myself, but I'm more of a Jordan one guy than a Jordan four guy. Just yeah, it's because, a personal preference thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's also like being a size 12, like a, 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 a number, a number one looks way better on the foot than the number yeah. four when you're up here in like the stratosphere sizes that I got. But, um, and also let's be clear, the Union Jordan one, which James and I were lucky enough um, to 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 be on a flow team for, and then obviously and then donate, brave enough and then brave enough to donate for a great cause. I will say that a lot of people uh, I think can agree that was maybe the best Jordan one in years. So oh, I mean, yeah. that's just like the bar coming out the gate. The bar that that Chris and Co set was just like I mean, goddamn! I mean, that was that's an amazing fucking shoe for sure. From the story, there's actually one shoe. Everything. Yeah. I just and and I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you, Lawrence. I just thought of one shoe that I am actually looking forward to in 2021 that I haven't seen yet in person, but I'm looking forward to. But Mihara Yasuhiro, mm. um, who's a, who's a fantastic designer um, from Japan, uh, Maison Mihara Yasuhiro is bringing out a shoe that is 100% biodegradable. Oh, so you know those like those melted um, sort of like Chuck Taylor looking. Yeah, he does the melted cons. Yeah, people love those, yo. Yeah. So those he's bringing those out um, in a version that is like literally could bury that shit in the garden and grow tomatoes out of it, and that <laughs> to me Hell yeah. is extremely tight. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see them in person and see how comfortable they are. But I'm I'm supposed to be getting a pair in 21, and I'm looking forward to that. Well, Let's we go. can't we can't wait to see how your garden grows, Mister Peskowitz. Final your sneakers. <laughs> final category for you. Make us the, a salad. We're going to let's talk stylish celebs and the kind of, you know, aspirational personal style that, you know, um, has kind of gone from, you know, street style and like what industry guys have worn, which has that that idea has kind of gone nuclear 
uh, more so it feels like than ever before with, with paparazzi, where a lot of people are looking to the Rockies and the Timothy Chalamets uh, as far as like what is next and and what stuff to buy and how to and even wear that stuff. Uh, do you have a personal favorite? stylish celebrity in terms of personal style, not like red carpet um, from the past year? Um, you know, hmm. it, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a shallow pool. Yeah. yeah. yeah and maybe you don't, but you know, I, I, mean, I, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't say that I do. I mean, I've definitely seen a couple of pictures of Timothy Chalamet where I was like, he's got a good outfit on, but, but he didn't, <laughs> but, he didn't. but then he had but, the Celine sneakers on. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the creative, the creative recreation by Eddie. Slane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are big dog shit. Um, yeah, you- man, I couldn't say that there's one person who I just like, I, you know, and like, he's only ever wearing his own shit, but I always think that Pharrell looks pretty cool. Yeah, he, of course. Like, Timeless goat for sure. He was yeah, in the conversation man, like, as he was. It helps me a vampire it. who doesn't age. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, beautiful, beautiful man. You fucking with the Pharrell skincare? Ooh. I mean, you know, I, I never, like, I'm the bearded dude who just like puts like olive oil in there. I, I don't do <laughs> That'll that'll go real good when uh, you finally uh, grow and cook your sneakers. You know, put a little <laughs> just bring out your out. beard, bring out your beard, make a Josh vinaigrette. <laughs> yeah, just a delicious. I mean, I, make, I put other I put other oils in it, but <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, I'm not like spending all that uh, spending all that time on that. But would you would you, uh, you venture know. to guess who is probably like the the stylish avatar for the throw gang? If you had to speculate, um, I would think it would probably be. I mean, who even goes outside anymore? Um, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't even venture, I guess. But please tell me. I, sure. I would love to know. Right now, and James wrote down Tyler, the creator, but I think he's in second. And oh, really? Harry Styles <laughs> won the category. But, you know, Harry, I mean, you know, he does his thing. Yeah, Tyler, the arg- the argument there is that, like, how much of that is personal style and how much of that is being best friends with Alessandro and just, like, you know, basically having a contract with Gucci. Yeah. Uh, with that said, I don't have a contract with Gucci. And I don't think anyone else on the Zoom does. So, you know, let's not uh, let's not throw stones. The man gets fits off. Huge fits. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know how much of that is personal style. But that is that I guess that concludes. Um, oh, actually, how about this? Is there any celebrity? Here's the final one. Is there any celebrity that you're looking to next year? Probably not. Right. No. Okay. What about like, uh, OK, let's talk non-celebrity. Like, who do you who do you look yeah. at? Who are your contemporaries um, that maybe, you know, for if we don't follow them or don't look to them as inspiration, uh, the kids listening at home can and should maybe um, look at your homies to like learn about. Uh, developing their own personal style. Eugene I mean, Tong. Goodness, the I, you know, Eugene a lot Tong. of people. <laughs> Eugene Tong for sure. I mean, Eugene is like, oof, you know. Um, happy to have him back in the states, you know, after a long hiatus. So, Eugene for sure. I mean, I always look to the people who I'm around the most. You know, uh, Nick Sullivan. Mm. Uh, Go. You know, Nick Wooster. Sure. Oh. Uh, you know, Marcus. Marcus Allen. You know, like Marcus Allen's always dressed really well. Marcus does have uh, a great personal style. Yo, I mean, my man is always doing his thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Chase Infinite, who owns Hiring Coffee out in LA, oh. you know, like yeah. he's doing his thing. Uh, you know, always like manager of ASAP Rocky. 
and also on recon back in the day, you know, like that mm. is just tri- triple star, you know, yeah. you um, said Chris Gibbs. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You said Chris Gibbs, right? Dude, I love the way Chris Gibbs dresses, so good. man. Like, so you know, Renee who owns RTH, like, come on, Hermano. Like right. look up pictures of Romano from art, uh, you know, arrow 55 and you'll see a dude who's like really doing his thing. And God, I don't even know. Uh, that's a lot right there. That's a lot of inspiration. I mean, that's, that's honestly what you just named. That is like infinite. That's a lifetime yeah. of inspiration right if there. You're, if and you're then Josh up, as well, ladies and if gentlemen, you're, if you're starting real. up your Zood board, uh, yeah. we just gave you a week's worth of content. Right? Yo, honestly, <laughs> someone could, someone should, there are definitely, if there isn't already, there needs to just be also a Zood straight up Instagram Zood board of Josh's street style and fits. I mean, you know, obviously you got a little taste most recently with, with Fenny's uh, five fits and Esquire, but I mean, Josh has been doing it for how how many two decades? Longer? Uh, he, was, he he worked at a bagel longer. store and then he got street styled and never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been I've been in the clothing game pretty much consistently since for twenty. But more importantly, Josh. Years. More importantly, what's your bagel order? <laughs> uh, everything bagel toasted. Um, lock spread, slice of tomato, mm. red onion, thin slice. Nice. Mm. Tomato, right. tomato is crucial and, and not just, you know, because I don't need that refrigerator tomato neither. I don't need that like white mealy tomato neither. I need that. I need that fresh red. Otherwise sure. keep it off. All right, Josh, Absolutely. let's end the segment talking about Jimmy and Larry. Let's, let's talk about you for <laughs> a second and, and specifically what's in your wallet. Um, I mean, I think I know the answer, which maybe is zero, but uh, the question is how much money do you make? Yeah. Uh, that's a complicated question. And one multiple revenue re- streams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been lucky enough to, to hold. All right. L- let me ask you a pretty big company. Let me ask you an easier right question. Now, let me sure. ask you an easier question. Um, how much money theoretically would you like to make? Like what's your nice, like ceiling or cap of where you'd be really satisfied and, and, and happy. Everybody's got a number. I don't, I would have to do some calculations to figure (laughs) out what it is, Sure, but I'll tell you that would make me happy is to have a nice, comfortable home, maybe upstate while keeping my place in the city, have enough money to send my kids to, you know, a good school and be able to take good vacations and, you know, buy the clothes that I love, you know, And, and whatever that number is, it's definitely six figures and up, but like, and that's just the world we live in, you know, for better or for worse. Right. But, um, you know, like those are the things, the, the number isn't important to me. Uh, right. it's, it's, it's being able to provide for the people that I love. Like that's the most important thing. And, and to do so in a way that I feel like I did an honest day's work and I feel good about it. Mm, and, sure. And, and, you know, like I, I've always said important. this and I've always said this, you know, I, I'm very lucky that I'm doing what I wanted to do for a living. Right. You know, and I'm making That's a luxury in and of what itself. I wanted to do. Yeah. And there's plenty of people who can't say that. And, and, you know, most of the people I grew up with can't say that, but like I've known for a very long time that this is the, the, the world that I want to be a part of. If I can be, you know, a part of it for the better, then that's, then that's the best thing I can do. But, you know, simply the fact that I'm, that I'm doing something that I feel passionate about and that, you know, that I'm good at and making money doing it. Uh, well then, you know, that's a big old W in the life column right there. Absolutely. Um, and I want to segue that like 
touching uh, sentiment into meats and cheeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> another another um, sentimental category. Unfortunately, titled <laughs> right now of our podcast. But, but yeah. no. So you talk about providing for you know the people around you, your family, um, and you know Lawrence is is uh, I think his family has been developed as far as it's going to go. Um, for myself, speaking for myself, uh, as a singleman, right. Um, do you recommend dating within the fashion industry and looking for a partner within the fashion industry? And like, what are the pros and cons of, uh, you know, linking up with, uh, someone in the fashion world? Dipping the pen in the company ink, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm married to somebody who works in the fashion industry. That's so why we're asking. Right. I, I, yeah. Josh, yeah, we yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> Sophie, Sophie and I have a great relationship and we, we really are able to, you know, help each other out because we have a common set of, of understandings. Um, you know, if you find the right person, then yes. Uh, but they have to, it has to be a whole lot more than just the fashion industry because right. I've dated people who worked in the fashion industry before and it was a disaster. They're trash. You know, and, typically, that's typically yeah. what my experience has been. You've been the trash one that someone was dating. Jesus, by yeah, the I didn't say, the, I didn't the say to pay with the trash. <laughs> the real question is, is it something dating somebody in any industry, right? It's like, are they your competitor or do they benefit from your, position like then things mm. get muddy right the power so dynamics like I, yeah mm. sure yeah and I, I would just always be careful of that like you know when i was an editor like dating someone who worked in pr like mm. no way you know and yeah, it's messy when i was a buyer like you know dating somebody who was in sales well i ended up doing that but you know, <laughs> but you know, but we, but it, 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 it worked out and it, and it didn't really have anything to do with that, you know, and, and, and we're very happy together and, and we help each other out as much as we can. And, and, and it's great. You know, I very much value her perspective, but it's the same as anything, man. Like date the person who's the right person for you. If so I shouldn't you date, can get there. I shouldn't date any cloud chasers. You got too much cloud for that. Know. You know, you got yeah. too much cloud for that. Next thing you know, you're going to be living in a TikTok mansion somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> no civilians. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> only fellow soldiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, All right, that's I think that was, that was, again, a lot of heartfelt advice from uh, this week's, you know, older brother figure, Josh. This is, this is all good stuff. And I hope the people at home are taking notes. Take your fucking oh, notes. Um, Josh. I want to ask you a question real quick. I want to play a little game. Uh, last John, next John. We want to know, we know that you're on flow team tier zero, right? Uh, and that's great and all, but we want to know what was the last, but, but you are a supporter of the arts, a supporter of um, those that are doing good things. We want to know what was the last John you copped at full retail, no flow team, no discount. And then what's the next John you got your eye on? So first up, the last John you copped. Besides, you know, we, talk, we heard about the Etro jacket mm. and everything, but like, what was the, uh, yeah. you know, just time, linear speaking. <laughs> This is the I mean, plot of Tenant, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that those Saucony laps down and hammers were the last joints that I bought at full price, um, and I haven't and I haven't pulled them out yet. I mean, I paid full price for the Union Jordans, but you know, like I, at least I got them. You know, like right, this right. was. I like legit signed up for the lottery on those, even though I know the guys over there and they're great. Um, but I did I did pay full price for those. Um, I was very willing to pay full price for the tie dyed elbow. Stussy, no vacancy in sweater. Right. That was a big in one. that collabo, 
but I got there too late and I, and I had too much pride to text Tremaine about it. I didn't want to like be that dude, but I, it sold out before I got there, but I was like, I, I wanted that one and I was willing to pay full price for that. Um, and then what's the next, what's, what's got your, uh, your, you know, sniper rifle set on and what's in your sights. You know what I really want? And it's so crazy. Cause like, I don't know why I'm like so heavy on sneakers right now, but like, I want those new awake eight six that are coming oh, out. Yeah. Like, like those are hard and I'm very willing to pay full price for those. Um, them shits are hard, man. With like the little leopard print in the heel. Yeah, those Good are crazy. Gracious. Yeah, those are looking crazy. So I, Angelo I would be snapped for, those. for sure. He went yeah, crazy. and then oh, and the last thing, the other last thing, I tried to pay full price for, and Thank got you. and got juked by probably all of your listeners was the uh, the, the the double knee eighteen east oh. uh, electrician's pants. Yeah, I wanted them in all those colors, like the black, the green, and the khaki. And I tried to get them, and they were gone in like eight minutes because I don't have no box. And I called, I, I texted Antonio. I was like, "How did I miss that joint in eight minutes?" He was just like. Yeah. Call me from now on. He's like, yo, I want to throw fits, and you want, I want to throw fits, and never look back. They are the second uh, favorite brand of yep. the year from the throw gang on the fitties. Which, well deserved. Uh, well which deserved. Should, yeah, which should come as no surprise. I mean, eighteen East, just kind of like four S, definitely like you know up there. And the, I guess Antonio has obviously been cooking for a minute, but talk about someone who's come on, you know, fast, burning hot and burning fucking bright. Definitely killing it. With, yeah. And I mean, he really is. Oh, we've said man. it, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Truly one of the best designers working today in menswear without a doubt, right up there with Angelo, obviously. And uh, just proud to call in him a friend States, of the show, baby. In the United States, like top three. Truly. For sure. And, and you know, like and we hosted uh, out at the store in LA, like when they first launched 18 East, we, we were one of the stores that hosted, um, you know, like an in-person event where you could actually check out the clothes. Um, that's the vision, really, really good stuff, man. That's yeah. the really vision. That's the vision and the taste level, uh, that we just respect and like that you made a living off of. And speaking of which Josh, we want to, you know, in the next seven, fuck with not fuck with it's a working title, a working on the title. Uh, <laughs> we're going to tap into that taste level and we want to know what you're fucking with, what you're not fucking with some categories. We're going to throw at you first up, um, sneakers. You said that you're mm-hmm. heavy into sneakers right now. What sneakers are you fucking with right now that you haven't already mentioned? Yeah. Cause you mentioned a lot, but there might be some more. Yeah, I know. Squeeze, squeeze Damn, I really have right. been, I have been really talking too much. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm fucking Podcast. with the, the Nike Space Hippies. Oh yeah, the, the number one, the like the O one. I'm fucking yeah. with those. The literal trash sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, you know. But like, I was big on the Flyknit wave when those first came out. The mm-hmm. Flyknit racers. Yeah, and like to me, like that that idea. Let's do it. And then and this um, is what Nike does best, right? At least the version yeah, of Nike man. that exists exists now, which is you know literally being an industry leader and creating new tech wearable technology. I mean, or like, you know, that's really what it is from fly nits, which uh, you know, obviously there's less of like a sustainable goal there when that came out, that was like obviously a manufacturing thing, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what uh, say what you want about how they might saturate the game with collabs and, contribute to the kind of vicious hype cycle that some people think is like, you know, ruining the game or, you know, uh, affecting it detrimentally, but ultimately like they, they put their money where their mouth is to some degree. And they definitely did that with the space hippie. And that was on a lot of people's best of, uh, we didn't include that in our survey, but a lot of people put that up there in their top 10 of the year for sure. 
that one was big for me. And they're, and I should also say that they're very comfortable, um, which I love, you know, and, and another shoe that I'm looking forward to, I haven't tried it on yet, but I've seen it in person is the Craig green Adidas collabo. Mm. Um, like the one that has like that sort of like shark skin, like sort of uh, yeah. uh, scaling on the side of it. It's the same style that they did for neighborhood, um, but it's slightly different. It's called like the the the, pul- the Pulta or something like that. Um, but anyway, super cool, super cool shoe. Great idea. Craig Green, wildly talented dude. Genius. I mean, I don't even need to say it. Right. But man, like those, when I saw those on the runway and then I saw them in the showroom, they are just, it's just a killer sneaker. Not, like nothing I've ever seen before. And, you know, like, as I said, like, I don't really like space age technical looking shit. Like, I like that on my foot when everything else is like retro. You sure. know what I mean? Like, I yeah, like yeah. that. I like that dichotomy. So those would be my two. What uh, what sneakers are you not fucking with right now? Yeah. Anything that you think is maybe played out or just straight up corny or straight butt. Yeah. Without and obviously we don't want you to like hurt any relation future business relationships or anything, but like I don't know if or, there was anything or, or do if you yeah, want or, or also life. put some yeah, motherfuckers I mean, on blast. I mean, I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting to see what what Reebok does now that uh, Kirby's over there. You know, yeah. let's see what that looks like. I was thinking um, to say that uh, Master P and B Diddy <laughs> are trying to buy them. Yeah. Oh, is that? I didn't know that was the case. But Ma- um, Master P ha- ha- has announced publicly that himself and Baron Davis have been inquiring into what it would potentially look like for them to purchase Reebok because of you know the fact that a lot of shoe companies profit off of you know African Americans, but you know don't necessarily put them in positions of power. And I know at Reebok, you know, with what they've done with Kirby is kind of like game changing in and of itself. But clearly, there seemingly is more work to be done, according to Master P. So and they put the price or. Uh, re- I, I think the price leaked that Reebok would be asking for two point, or I guess Adidas would be asked for two point four billion dollars. Hmm. Damn, seems reasonable. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I couldn't speak on that. I don't know. No. I don't know enough about that, other than to say that Master P is absolutely correct that there is a lot more work to be done sure. you know, through all echelons of the business and you know throughout most echelons of society. But um, yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen a Reebok other than the Jowns, you know, from like last two summers ago that have really like, you know, stirred the heartstrings. So I'm waiting right. to see some heat from them. Interesting. So Reebok, there's a lot of work to be done politically, yeah. racially, but, aesthetically, et cetera. But if they're getting their people together, then they go, but hey, man, they could really get back on top. But just Reebok, the whole, like every company, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to you know, uh, like all the fly girls used to wear the, the Reebok 5411s, you know, with those double Velcro straps on top. Yeah. I mean, they got yeah. something they can do. You know? they <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. You want to put together quickly your sneaker Mount Rushmore top all four. Time. Just keep it a four, not 1,000 like you yeah. do with, uh, you know, uh, brands <laughs> up, up there. Yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. No, it's, your, it's your enthusiasm. Yeah. It's infectious. Yeah, it's cool. That's why I love you. Okay, if you want to no. run, if you want to run through your top one thousand eight hundred thirty-seven sneakers of all time, I'll keep it we to got four. the time. I'll keep it to yeah. four. Thank you very much, Lawrence. I'll keep it to four. Um, New Balance thirteen hundred. Okay, classic. Uh, Dunk Low. Any colorway specifically, or just just generally speaking, the silhouette. <laughs> Generally speaking, but the burgundy and white is like mm. from like '96 onward. The burgundy and white, and like you used to be able to get those in East Bay. Now you gotta sure. like you know call, right. you gotta call Travis Scott. Advance, you know, 
Now you got to suck Travis Scott's dick or some shit. Yeah, I get it. But burgundy and white is my official favorite and not the SB version. Like the right. one with no like fat the regular. Tongue. No fat no tongue. tongue. Right. Um, I joins? would have to say the, the Adidas Forum Mid. Interesting. Okay. The Forum Mid, which was like the Knicks one, the, the one that like the low top Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah colorway in particular the next colorway they're Ooh, pushing the forum again i got him i got a pair forms, i got yeah. a pair float to me that is in my uh donation pile and I, you know we're not the same shoe size but i'd send them to you i'd give them to you but <laughs> i mean you know you might just want to put them back on and put them on ice for a little while they might come back around i think they're push. i think the forum is going to get a push uh in well maybe it's right a, now a, or next a, year i think that's a sneaker happen. a sneakers and stuff collab that was like people well, that were, was on the forum yeah that was a big yeah. one um, yeah. Okay. And then finally, Josh, one more slot. No Jordans. That's the only thing that my ears seemingly have heard. You yeah, miss. man. Yeah. I mean, I got the dunk one in there. I'd say probably the Jordan three. Okay. Classic. All right. Yeah. Uh, black cement, white cement, white cement. Okay. Nice. Interesting. Man. All right, Josh, yeah. as you know, we are um, advocates for a post-sneaker world. That doesn't mean no sneakers. It means that, you know, let's, let's all expand our horizons beyond just Free what your mind. hype cycle feeds 100%, us. And, and you are absolutely, like, you're going to be a, a governor, if not, you know, a two-term president of the post-sneaker world, I feel <laughs> absolutely. like. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so we talked about uh, Birkenstock Bostons. We talked about mm-hmm. the boots that you've been rocking, DMAs. the DMAs. Yeah. Um, we know you're a big loafer guy. Wallabies, you know we Wallies. shout out big Wallies guy. Oh yeah. What a, what other guy. non-sneaker footwear do you want to put the people onto that you, you are currently fucking with? Um, I mean, besides the Wallaby, you know anything. Do you have a go-to? Do you have a go-to Wallaby, by the way? Because I know like some people like I prefer a cream low almost exclusively. Maple, but I'm always curious maple. to yeah the maple so, now yeah yeah I do like I I'm typically a maple low guy but you know honestly in the last like two years the best the best Wallaby that's come out in in terms of in, for me is the Bodega Patchwork one that came oh, those are fire. that came yeah. out last year or two was it two years ago now I think it was last year yeah. I know what you're talking Time about. Time is like just the, weird the, in 2020. Like in, indigo. <laughs> Time doesn't it's exist. Like a, it's like, what is it? Like indigo's in black and... Indigo patchwork and like brown yeah. patchwork. I've got the I've got the brown patchwork pair and mm. like, good those lord, those are just monsters. Also, hey, for anybody um, listening at home, size down in your wallabies at yeah, least size 11. Size. I'm, I'm a 45, I'm a 12 in sneakers, I'm an 11 in wallabies. There you go. So, so Josh is going down a full size. I go down a half. I think, James, you go, go down a full. full. Yeah. He goes down a full. So mm-hmm. just remember, size down in wallabies. That's all. Yes. What, yeah, what else? What um, else? Paraboot. Love Paraboot. Love the uh, love Michael. the moccasin toe ones, and yeah. they also do like a really great like if you're not into like the big Michael with the with the lug sole, they've got um, the Algonquin style, which is uh, which is similar to what uh, the older heads would look for in the Alden Indie boot. Remember that mm, with like yes, the little sports toe in the front. Absolutely named after the up, upstate New York uh, Native American tribe whose moccasins they were they were uh, modeled after. The Algonquin toe. Love those from Paraboot. Um, you know, I think the DMA, I mean, not to not to plug a plug, but like DMA is really doing some really cool stuff, man. And they're doing it like in terms of the shoes that I'm wearing right now. Uh, you know, obviously the pod boot is is the thing, but like in terms and, of just like crossover. And now, that, and now that we're in the the heart of winter, people I think they didn't really wear the pod boot. Um 
during the fall, which is fine because it's like it, it's more of a, a you know all weather boot. And now we're getting hit up left and right from people and and from personal experience. Like I wore them out in the snowstorm we had a, a week or two ago. And people are like, "Yo, I fucking love these," and they stand up to like all the elements, right? Yeah. Snow, that's rain, all the MAs, right? That's I mean, that's what we, like we've said, you know, from the Dolomites straight to your fucking feet. I mean, like the this is a brand that I think that you know there's a generation or maybe even generations of people that aren't familiar, but this kind of reintroduction and almost like rebrand that DMA is having that James and I are just like happy to play a part in to some degree. Um, I think that's gonna. I think they're really going to emerge as like a go to think for anybody on the east coast i mean there's just the classic 100. fucking boot dude 100 percent. what about um, but then, sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say like loafers yucatan makes amazing mm. loafers juicy um, yukis yeah yeah i mean but like a bass legion like a bass legion beef roll yo classic. you can find like a fire joint like i got a pair of those engineered garment ones that oh, like yeah. they were in snakeskin like a year ago yeah killer the the um, lizard and and croc kind of like revert you know how they do all the reverse shit those are fucking sick you said it. You said it. Um, any so any those, non-sneaker footwear you are not fucking with right now? Maybe people are just doing it wrong or you want to see them do it better. I'm not fucking with Crocs. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> I know that a lot of people are fucking with Crocs. This is a pro Croc like, pot. We love our Crocs. More, but, like, more power to you. More power to you. Right. I should say this also. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the years doing what I do is, is that I can respect something that's not for me. Ooh. That's you a know? ball. It's a fucking bar because James and I, we like to come on here and we hate a bit, but we're not haters. We just play haters on TV. So like, let's not, <laughs> let's not, let's not lose sight don't of watch me watch TV. Yeah, don't, don't watch us watch TV. But <laughs> I think, I think that's, that's a nice sentiment. I think to take into 2021, Absolutely. if you learn nothing else, um, don't, don't dip the pen in the company ink. Um, ask <laughs> Josh about a beanie before you buy it. That's number two. Understand when something might not be for you specifically, but understand that other people might enjoy it. That's number three. Boom. Josh, real quick, what music are you fucking with? What are the tunes you've been banging? Man, I've been listening to a lot of old stuff. You Let's know, go. I've been Let's listening. Run through them. I mean, God, I just actually did a mixtape for uh, Massimo Alba that's going to be going on Spotify pretty Fire. soon. When when is that out? Can we uh can we drive some traffic your way? I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly when he's going to be releasing it. But do you like, want to guess? Do you want to guess? Edit one of our Chef jams. Yeah, you want yeah, to make a playlist for to. us? Hell yeah! Okay, I'll be happy to do that. But like, listen, I mean, guys, like I've been listening. Like I listen to the Grizzleda like hip hop stuff, and right. I, you know, like I listen to because you know, like that sounds like the era of music sure. that I grew up with. You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, in terms of like other new stuff, Playboy Cardi. <laughs> yeah i mean listen you know like if it's on i'll listen to it there's a couple of songs on that new um i, I fuck with king vaughn uh, you know rest in peace r.i.p you know, yeah. like that dude was doing some really really good stuff and I, and it's a shame that he's a shame that he's gone too soon um but in terms of uh you know like there's a couple of songs on that Busta rhyme album that i that i that i would like a lot you know that just came out Yo, I said this and Lawrence made fun of me, but I was like, people are loving the Busta Rhymes yeah, album. People were saying yo, it's back for sure. Yeah. I mean, yo, the Anderson Pack record, oh, and the one with Kendrick was like, whoa. And then the one he did himself with uh, DJ Premier producing it. <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's a couple of really, really serious joints on that album. And so, you know, I love that. But I mean, man, in terms of like old stuff, I've been listening to a lot of Curtis Mayfield. I've been mm. listening to a lot of, um, 
I've been listening to a lot of Grateful Dead. I've been listening to America. I've been listening to uh, um, whole lot of vibes. God, whole so, lot I of mean, vibes. So many people, man. Like I, I can't even tell you. All right, if you want to know, know what Josh has been listening to, tune into that fucking mixtape that he's going to yeah, put out, and we're going to support. Um, you know, and make sure the whole fucking throw gang tunes in. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably hear like a whole bunch of stuff that they heard as a sample someplace. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. you know, like Mini Riverton or Parliament or Gloria sure. Gaynor. You know, like all these kinds of things that I listen to in the house yeah. because it's just it's just a vibe and it keeps things <laughs> feeling warm. They're all gonna be like, Josh, exactly. this is the Kanye West song. What the who the fuck is Curtis Mayfield? <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of great know. options for outro music. I might just even yeah, like with Minnie Ripperton, uh, who's a personal favorite of mine. But yeah, I mean, listen, I hope again. Floor, if you're going to play a song. Yeah, of course. Like, oh, of course. Oh my God. Like what Classic, cla- what classic fucking jam famously used to great effect in Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. Um, great track. Yeah. Awesome. Third greatest cocaine song. Um, any music you're not fucking with? <laughs> or you just don't even listen to what you're not fucking with? I honestly, like, I usually, in most years, I spend a lot of time trying to keep up on what's popping off. And, like, this year, it's really just been about what I'm fucking with and not what I'm not fucking with. Well, let's Love move that. on to uh, what you're pouring into the ears of the front of the face, film and TV. What have you yeah. been binge watching? Yeah, maybe you and wifey have been really loving something that you just want to share with the Thrill Gang. But we're always looking well, we for just, new recommendations. We just did Queen's Gambit, which was killer. Mm. Um, did you buy a chess set? Killer, killer. Yeah. Did you get, did you buy a sexy chess set? <laughs> Just bought like the the naked chess set. Um, no, I, but I yeah I I'm actually a big fan of playing chess already. And oh nice. Are you nice? Are you nice on the fucking board? <laughs> I mean, I'm not like I'm not seeing shit on the ceiling. Like, you, know, you need more night. drugs, dude. <laughs> yeah. You need to pop a bean, bro. You yeah, more mini like, Ripperton. I need, those, I, need those, I need those green greens. Or yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I, I, you know that was great. Um, one of my favorite shows of recent history is doing a new season right now. And I, I caught the first couple of episodes, but on Amazon, the expanse, hmm. which is a science fiction show, uh, about, you know, the colonization of Mars and the, and the asteroid belt around it. Damn. I haven't and, heard about it. We've, yeah, I haven't, no. James, have you heard of this? This no. is damn. The okay. AMC, AMC. Uh, I think they keep their shit close to the chest. Like they have some bangers, but they're not available necessarily to stream except on like AMC and AMC Plus. So like this gang- is AMC. It's on Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Um, so you can watch it, and they they got four seasons now. And yeah. yo, that shit is like they're on okay. the fourth season right now. It's it's an engrossing show, uh, you know. But besides that, we've been watching a lot of like murder procedural like crime mm. shows on like acorn tv and bbc america and uh we just watched one that was really good god what was it called it was a french one it was called like the white space mm. um or or no in america it was called the the black space but the name of it is uh espace blanc okay you know and i think that one's on netflix but it's a perceived it's a police procedural from like a small town um, in like the borderlands between Belgium and France, really cool, really cool show. And I've been I've been going back to just like a lot of my old favorite movies. Same with the music, you know. I've been going about going back comfort to food in, of, in, in quarantine. You know, what I'm saying that's what it is, right? Yeah, man. You know, like I just watched My Blue Heaven again, which is like one of my favorite movies, watching starring Steve Martin. Anything with Michael Caine in it, 
You know, if it's got Steve Martin and Michael Caine, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, like come Flapper. on, you know, like yeah, Flapper. come on, <laughs> you know, but we. <laughs> We've been watching, we just watched Scrooged uh, mm, classic. You know, for the holiday season. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, oh, come on. Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge in The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Watch, which Absolutely. is major. Like, anything Jim Henson shouted out, you know, like that dude is an idol for sure. Uh, minus the Scientology, that, or not the Scientology, the Christian science. It was that, some, yeah. yeah. He was a Christian Something weird. scientist and he allowed okay. himself tried to pray himself away from dying which was a bummer because how did that work out did it did it work out Uh, for him or no it didn't work out uh, i'm gonna go ahead and (laughs) ruin his auto i'm gonna ruin his biography for you and tell you that it didn't work out spoiler alert (laughs) um what about film and tv what is there anything like that's that people have been like you gotta watch this you gotta watch this we're just like yo like yeah like not hit like you try, yeah. You tried to get into something, and you're like, I can't. Who's this fucking Michael Jordan guy? The Last Dance, more like the fucking Last Nap Snore. Love that, love that, <laughs> love the Last Dance. It wasn't that. Um, usually, like things that people tell me to watch, I can't watch. Like I've never watched all of Mad Men because mm. everyone told me I needed to. And I talk about the white space. Sheesh. <laughs> Got him. Um, Mad Men is fantastic, though. But like, the Undoing, <laughs> I haven't been able to approach yet. Eh. But oh, everybody says the, the way mids. that it ends is not worth it. You should uh, definitely avoid that at all costs. Okay. Mids. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it in terms of like things that people told sure. me I had to watch and I haven't. You know. All right, Josh. Uh, thank you for wrapping up. Fuck would not fuck with. Still a working, working title. title. Look, before we kick you out of here. And you can get back to your nice little mezcal on your stone, very dramatically lit stone quarry. I thought that was natural light at first, but I don't know if that's like uh, a spotlight coming down or track lighting or what. Um, We want to offer up some constructive criticism because we know that you're already a fucking legend, right? Legends never die. We want to see you level up even harder if that's even possible. I'm always trying. We're going to offer up some constructive criticism, take it or leave it. We won't be offended if you, uh, leave it, but we do advise that you take it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go first. Uh, you know, link back up with your boy, Tyler. I don't know if you see the fucking revenue that people are making off YouTube, but like, my goodness, relaunch in the closet and fucking cake up. Yeah, you can do it in your it. little cave here. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, in the cave. Maybe something a cave. little... Yeah, which I think is actually a name, though, of Kenny Beats's, uh YouTube show, so that oh, might be right. taken. But definitely don't name it in the closet. Right. Yeah. Oh, bro. Trust me. I didn't want that to be the first name. Yeah. Also, probably style.com probably has owns the IP or Conde owns the IP. So you can yeah. do it if you want to. Trust us. We, we know something about IP law yeah, sh- or, or to, not actually. Shout out Tyler Thorson, um, former colleague yes. of both myself and Josh. When we were, we haven't mentioned Park and Bond or Guilt Group or Flash Sales or that fucking failure. But I thought that was I thought that was off limits. <laughs> but Maybe just, Lawrence, just as a as a courtesy me. as a courtesy to you guys yeah, as a courtesy to Lawrence. Yeah, it wasn't mentioned. <laughs> um, I will say that in the closet. Um, I, and Josh, can we can people find those videos or like people? Did anyone yes. rip them? Oh, you can, dude. Men.style.com has 5,300 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, wow. They, I mean, they are that's still not a viewable. They're still viewable on YouTube. You can Sick. find them. People should watch those. And if you enjoyed Fashion Bros, uh, even remotely as much as um, 
James and, and myself, our parents did, because they were the only people that watched them, uh, as far as we could tell. Uh, you'll absolutely love In the Closet. And it really is. I was talking if to you James. See, yeah. I mean, for me, I it's such a con- time pa- capsule. Public it's, access cable version of <laughs> yeah. Fashion Bros. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. The only thing with worse production value than Fashion Bros. But <laughs> but truly, uh, I, I really think that they're amazing time capsules, probably still even with, with great kind of general advice. Um, it was definitely something that I think an entire generation of guys gravitated towards to to get into to menswear and that kind of brings me to my my next piece of constructive criticism for you josh um i don't know um how familiar people are with your fucking pen game and the fact that i always kind of was like listen this guy can fucking get fits off i was honored to work with you um your taste is immaculate but you have fucking bars and uh you should start or think about starting a fucking Substack, dog. I mean, look at the money that James and I are making on fucking Patreon, and we're two fucking bozos. Imagine someone like you with some actual fucking skill. You fucking throw some some newsletters behind a paywall. Whoo, you know. Listen, man, you might be that's, able to get all those sneakers you talked about. That's well. That's well taken. Thank you. I've been I've been thinking about it. Oh, no bullshit. Lawrence was literally like, yo, Josh was one of my favorite writers yeah. uh, when he put pen to paper. People don't forget, man. People don't forget. I still do. And and I, th- I thank you for doing it. You know, these days it's more for internal stuff. Although I, I, I put I put out some ghostwriting here and there, which I, really? I can't really. Yeah. You know, like interesting people ask me to do some stuff and, and it's 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 good to keep the uh, keep the mind knuckles. sharp. The knuckles, yeah. limber, the knuckles greased, know? as they say. <laughs> yeah, grease in the old knuckles. Grease, yeah. grease, Knuck- knuckle grease. That's a good episode yeah. title. All right, um, <laughs> Josh. My next piece of constructive criticism can cut this shit with a knife. Your homie just traveled six thousand miles back from Taipei. Your fucking joint at the hip, intellectual equivalent. Uh, you know, you are the baroque. Starsky to his minimalist hutch, I believe Mr. Porter said. <laughs> um, just give us what we're looking for. Just make out with Eugene Tong already. <laughs> just once. Not good enough looking for Eugene Tong. That's, That's the problem. He's out of your league is what you're saying. He's got a man. really, really, yeah. really high standard. Yeah. Eugene, uh, Eugene is hot as shit. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, that dude is just like wildly handsome, you know, yeah. and he's yeah. but uh, and he runs 150 miles a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, backwards. I mean, the dude is just—he's just doing his thing. Look, his stamina is unmatched. I think you guys know that there's such a thing as platonic love. Yeah, I don't need to make out with him to show how much I love. And I—I'll tell you right now, Eugene Tong, I love you, man. You're my boy. And James, you know, that's all. James and I aspire to the kind of platonic love that you and Eugene have, you know, proudly paraded in front of the entire world for many years, um, usually in front of Tommy Tong's lens. Um, finally, Josh, the last piece here, let's, let's get you out on a really high note. Um, okay. Here's, uh, here's just a real question, you know, just shoot from the hip. Have you thought about not getting more jobs in dying sectors of a dying industry? Then I really need to retool my resume. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got it. You know, listen, man, this is why the people pay us, you know, the big bucks is to ask those kind of questions. So yeah. I just had to throw it out there. You know, I would just say oh, that you're aware. while I appreciate what you're saying, uh, I don't think this is a dying industry. If you look at the fact that there are, you know, seven point, what is it, like 7.8 billion people living on earth right now? Yeah. I'd say like maybe 
one million of them don't wear clothes every day. <laughs> right. So like what we do for a living get fits will off. continue to be important regardless. And you know, we're humans. Like we don't have feathers. We don't have fur. Like the way we express ourselves and the way we sort of like put ourselves out into the world is the clothes we wear. So it will always be important. Will the industry change? Will, you know, the way that we consume and whether it's printed out, whether it's like an app you buy and it's printed out at the corner, 3D printer, whatever happens in the future, ideas and like what they mean will be represented by clothing. And so I ain't going nowhere, homie. (laughs) I love that. He ain't going fucking nowhere. Talk your shit. Tell the kids where they can follow you on social media. Plug whatever you want. Your time on the only podcast that matter has come to an end. Uh, on Instagram, my, my handle is jpesco. Uh, Sir. On Twitter, which is mostly a lurking thing, so I can check out what you two are, are up to in terms Thank of, you. like, you know, showing offensive, offensive jokes, pee-pee-pee-pee-poo-poo <laughs> jokes. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, it's jpeskowitz, um, and that's where I'm at. So, you know. Sick. Yes, sir. Josh, thank thank you you for coming on the only podcast that matters. Chef. True legendary episode with a legendary figure. I'm going to need you to expertly fade in that mini Ripperton and that one to drop. Yeah, right. Right about now. Oh,